I remember that trailer. Like, that trailer really? stuck in my... Well, I, I really, when I say I remember the trailer, I just remember the part where uh, the Jeffrey Rush character is like, I remember when you feel like you can't go on, you're only halfway there. And then, like, what do you say? We're halfway there. I remember that <laughs> being, like, the, the thing at the end of the trailer. And I was like, oh, it's owls. All right. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, and that's what we're here to talk about today on the Waffle Press Retrospective. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is my co-host, Matt Garingo. Hello. <laughs> there's, not, there's not really we're... an owl thing you can do there. <laughs> no, no. But, uh, yeah, if you've, if you've noticed from the, the the image on screen or on the SoundCloud or Spotify, we are here to talk about Zack Snyder's Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul, a 2010 3D computer animated fantasy adventure film. The movie everyone's talking about. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever seen this film. Yeah, uh, I hadn't seen this until uh, very recently. <laughs> it's weird. It's uh, for a guy who has such a um, passionate fan base. Like, even they don't talk about that one, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, even Coen Brothers fans will talk about the Lady Killers. Do they? Like, okay, I, I get the point you're making, but do they? They do. They do. More okay. than, more than you know, like, where you'll be like, look, the Lady Killers is bad, and in fact, it's, it's very revealing <laughs> in its sadness, <laughs> but, you know, it has its moments. That's what, like, people will say, you know? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it's kind of just like Co- the Coen Brothers phoning it in. But even the Conan, Coen Brothers phoning it in is better than a lot of other comedies out there, you know? Yeah, or they'll see, say, like, I... Tom Hanks gives a great performance in it, which he totally does. Oh, yeah, well, it's Tom Hanks. Yeah. Well, yeah, but Tom yeah. Hanks has given bad performances. Let's not uh, act like Tom Hanks has not given bad performances. Forrest Gump doesn't really count, you know? <laughs> well, I don't know. We're going <laughs> there. We're going All right. there. All right. <laughs> no, I don't know, but Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Ghoul is based on... The Guardians of a Gahul series by Catherine Lasky. I read that first book. Oh, really? I might have it somewhere. Mm-hmm. I could not tell you a single thing about it, but I remember liking it when I was younger. But again, this was like middle school, so yeah, I, it you know. Yeah, it very, like, did you get, like, the Scholastic book catalogs in school? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I, I ever, I, I, we had the book fair. I don't yeah, know if we, they were sponsored well, by that specifically. Um, I don't know. Like my school, we did. We had the book fair, which was fun. Um, and I, I stole a Bart Simpson comic book from the book fair and thought I was going to hell for doing it. <laughs> I really did. Like I was worried for like a full year <laughs> that I was going to hell for stealing a Bart Simpson comic book. You see, I, I would be like rebellious in class. I, I was too, too goody two shoes when it came to like actual rule breaking. So, like, I never stole anything until, like, high school. I wasn't even trying to. Like, I was just holding it, and then I was like, all right, time to go back to class. And, like, I walked out, and I was halfway <laughs> back. I was like, oh, yeah, I still got this Bart Simpson comic book. And I was like, oh, well, no one stopped me. And then, like, later it hit me. It was like, that's stealing. That's a sin. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even from a religious family. I don't know why it hit me like that. But, uh, yeah, but we had the book fair, and then we would also get, like, the Scholastic catalogs. 
which uh, would have, like, they'd be, like, for each grade, so it'd be, like, the third graders would get their own catalog, blah, blah, blah. And they would have books that you could order in it. Like, if your parents brought in the, like, five ninety nine or whatever, you could order a book through this, and then it would show up one day. Or if you were like me, all you did was order the uh, Captain Underpants Hypno Ring. <laughs> okay, but the Captain Underpants books are kind of awesome. They're, they're, uh, I don't know if they're still awesome. But... <laughs> um, I believe they're still good. <laughs> okay. I, the movie's crazy underrated. Talk about, like, underrated animated fantasy films. Yeah. <laughs> the movie that came out a couple years ago is, like, really good, and it was I, kind of a bomb. I will say the I like that movie. I had some problem with, like, the stunt voice casting in it. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. It wasn't it, it's terrible, not like It doesn't break the movie, though. Yeah, it didn't break it. Like, it, it was just... Uh, I kind of had a thing where I was like, I don't think this is this is so stupid because I'm an adult. But I'm like, I don't think Mr. Krupp would sound like that. Like, I had a big <laughs> problem. I had a big problem with that. No, that was that one was good. I, the, the main kids, I wasn't crazy the about. The kids were weird, too. But it's like, you know, when you're a kid, you, like, kind of imagine yourself as an adult. So, like, I could kind of see it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I don't know. Mr. Krupp didn't sound, like, pure evil enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like I like Ed Helms. I'll give that one a pass. I just like um, Ed Helms. It was just, like, it was weird. He was good as Captain Underpants, which is, I think, why they cast him. Mm-hmm. And then, but Mr. Krupp, it, like, didn't work. They should have done, like, two voices. No, I swear we'll talk about Legends of the Guardians, but I just and need then, to say, do you know who was fucking fantastic in that movie? Nick Kroll? Yes! <laughs> basically doing Doctor Strangelove for yeah. his Professor Poopy Pants <laughs> Yes! <laughs> It's so good. Oh, it was great. Um, yeah. yeah was but the uh, the opposite reaction to a cast in a film, uh, Legends of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul, based on The Guardians of Gahul by Catherine Lasky. Uh, this cast is, like, incredible. <laughs> I know. It's, like, perfect. And it's not really stunt casting, which maybe hurt the film a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, for whatever reason, like, after, like post-Shrek, <laughs> it's, like, every animated film trailer has to drop like the 20 big time names that are going to be in it you know yeah and it's always like people you wouldn't expect sometimes like when (laughs) Werner Herzog was in the Penguins movie do you remember uh when the Madagascar or was Madagascar no it wasn't it was a Despicable Me 2 trailer dropped and it had an Eminem song in the trailer oh yeah and fuck they listed all the names that were in it and one of the names was Al Pacino (laughs) And he's not in the movie. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, they announced it. You can find the trailer, I believe, where it says, like, all the names. And it's like, and and Al Pacino. Like, that was the big get. And wow. Then I guess he had creative differences <laughs> with the director. So this is the guy that said yes to Dunkachino. <laughs> and he had problems <laughs> with the director of Despicable <laughs> Me, too. Uh, <laughs> that was a thing that happened. Unfortunately, kids... I guess kids get excited about Al Pacino, but they're not as excited for Jeffrey Rush and Hugo Weaving. Or Helen Mirren. <laughs> Helen Mirren. <laughs> or Sam uh, Neill. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know what? I was excited for Hugo Weaving because I was a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So I was like, fuck yeah! <laughs> I love all these people in this movie, frankly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of them, them are good uh, voice actors. Um, 
Miriam uh, Margolis or whatever you pronounce it. I'm sorry if I mispronounced her name. She's like a she's like a treasure. Like she voices uh, the snake. But I, I guess so. We talk a little bit about what the film's about because well, again, no one has actually seen this film. Well, let's see. I I, I haven't gauged. Uh, what did you think of Legend of the Guardians: The Owls of Gahul? I think it's one of Zack Snyder's best films in that I actually kind of like this one. <laughs> Fuck you, you coward. This is Zack Snyder's best film. <laughs> <laughs> I loved this movie. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's... I had such a great time with the Owls of Gahul. <laughs> Are you serious? I really like this movie. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm glad. Um, here's what I'll say, though. I'll, I'll let you continue your rant, but like... I, I actually did kind of like it, and it's not quite BVS level, like, where I give myself to it wholeheartedly, or Dawn mm-hmm. of the Dead. Like, those two to me are, like, peak Zack Snyder. Yeah. I would like to see him do more family fantasy stuff, yeah. because I think he would be better received overall if he did. I think you know? it's, A, like, I'm not sure he has to necessarily do fantasy, I mean, uh, kids stuff, but I would like to see more kids films from this fucking whack job. But I also, I will say, I think a big thing that helped is that this movie was 97 minutes. <laughs> I'll just say, like, because it's one of those things where, like, I'm not, not singling any movie out, but if you're not into it, <laughs> at least it's 90 minutes. <laughs> and I think people would be a lot more forgiving if he, if he was forced to, like, because it has all the Zack Snyder stuff in this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie has all the Zack Snyder staples toned down because it's a kids' film, but it's all there and it's just crammed into ninety minutes. And you can tell he constructed it to be ninety minutes, like he wasn't forced to by a studio, which also is a problem sometimes when he's forced to work. When like they go like do whatever you want, and then he does whatever he wants, and they're like, wait, not like that, <laughs> which seems to be a problem. But. If he goes in preparing to make a 90-minute movie, I think he would make nothing but masterpieces. <laughs> so you're saying The Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul, based on Guardians of Gahul by Catherine Lasky is a masterpiece? Um, I'm not sure if I'd go that far, but I really liked it. Okay. Right. I just really... I was, uh, I was really... Uh, in, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I will say, I think this movie, where it's like... You look at it, and you're like, why did it bomb? And, like, it's kind of obvious <laughs> why it bombed. This movie's kind of missing, like, that one other thing that would separate it from other movies, you know? Like, in its wheelhouse, like, young adult fantasy stories. I mean, like, really young adult fantasy stories. Mm-hmm. And with animals. And where it's like, what's different? What's so different about this movie from Happy Feet, you know? Yeah. Like, it feels very similar to Happy Feet. I think the the chemical X in this movie is just Zack Snyder. (laughs) That it's like, that it's him. (laughs) Yeah. Well, on the poster I'm looking at right now for Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul, based on the Guardians of Gahul by Catherine Lasky, it says from the studio that brought you Happy Feet at the top. And I'm willing to (laughs) bet that, like, that I kind of took the wind out of its wings. Yeah, well, it's weird where, like, Happy Feet was this monster hit, and then... Happy Feet 2, like, bombs. <laughs> and, and this didn't do very well. So I think it was one of those, like, it was a classic Fool Me Once movie with Happy Feet. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame, because Happy Feet 2 
is really good. <laughs> Even though George Miller would rather kill himself. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I think what he's saying is I can't top Happy Feet. Here. I think we're all misreading that quote. <laughs> I really think so. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, you guys should check out. And I'm not a fan of the first Happy Feet, but. Oh, okay, but Happy Feet 2 is yeah, where it's seriously, at. seriously, it's like, yeah, Happy Feet, 2, Happy Feet 1 kind of blows, but Happy Feet 2 is where it's at. All right, all right. This, this movie was the uh, the Animal Logic people, which I were the people that did, like, Babe and shit. Huh. I'm, yeah, I'm looking at that right now. I didn't know that before. Um, I, I But you brought up how this has all the Zack Snyderisms condensed, basically. Yeah. Uh, like, it's, if anything... It kind of solidifies the point that Zack Snyder is an incredible visualist, you know? Yes, exactly. Like, I mean, you know, not not to get into something else, but, like, Zack Snyder's kind of been having this online renaissance lately. <laughs> <laughs> and people are... I, I think part of it is that people are really tired of how movies look, like, blockbusters yeah. specifically from the last decade. And here's a dude who, whether or not it works 100% of the time, knows how to frame an image knows how to light it very well and make it very immediately striking and captivating. Mm -hmm. In his lesser works, I would say it's not always thought out why they're lit certain ways or <laughs> yeah. framed certain ways. But I would, I would say, say the Guardians like in the Owls of Gahul. <laughs> but... Oh, yeah, yeah. But, like, more often than not, I think this movie does, like, work for him in that way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I would totally agree. Yeah, there's something about him where it's just like you can tell he puts the movie first, which is something that seems like obvious. Mm -hmm. But uh, studios have basically abandoned that approach, um, which is like, I also think why something like Joker was a big hit because like say what you will about that movie, but it was trying to be a movie. Yeah, like its failings are as a movie, not because it's a comic book adaptation. Yeah. Not because it's churned out by a studio system that's just like, we'll do this in post. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I will say, I just like to talk about the fucking way movies look today. Like how infuriating it was when uh, WandaVision just turned into a Marvel movie. <laughs> like... I was going to say, like, I was going to joke, like, oh, yeah, I didn't even finish it, which I which I didn't. But then I was like, oh, yeah, I did get to episode four. <laughs> well, and you, it's just a total shift. Here's the thing. It gets even worse. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's, credit where it's due. First three episodes, I genuinely would say are great yeah, they, television like, episodes. Yeah, they accidentally struck gold and then fucked it all up. <laughs> yeah. Which might be what should be put on Marvel's tombstone when it eventually dies. <laughs> Like, wow, what a great concept yeah. for the first third of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I know people really like that, but I will, say, I will say, like, Marvel's in a tough spot because their audience are the type of people that were like, Reed Richards is going to show up. <laughs> yeah, like, the, at some point, the snake is just going to start eating its own tail, and I yeah. think it started for them a little yeah. bit. We'll see how this goes, but uh, I, I've kind of had my... Like, my opinion out there already that, like, I think the end of Endgame and Wonder Woman 1984's release kind of, they're cultivating, like, a very odd response from the fans now. Yeah. I, I don't think people know what they want anymore. Not that they ever did, but, like, less so now than they before. Really, they really and don't they... know what they want. And if you gave them what would actually be good, they'd <laughs> reject it violently. <laughs> yeah, well, they have Iron Man 3 
is is basically been retconned by a short film and an upcoming superhero film. Yeah. You know? So like I I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah, I don't I, I think that uh we just have to cut our losses and abandon these people, but uh, <laughs> like from that's... society? Yes, like just put them on an island. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. Look, because I mean, like another part of this is that you know some of these fans are younger. You know, they're they're yeah. younger people who who are getting to live extremely online at a young age. You know, mm-hmm. and like I, I'm not gonna be someone who's like, oh, the internet's ruining people. Like the internet is the nebulous thing that is just guided by weird principles and people in power. But yeah. like you know, if you're like a kid who's like cultivating your own tastes you know like the movies i like like 10 to 15 years ago aren't all the movies i like now mm. you know like you're just gonna grow and evolve you just this is why you can't stand because then you, you stop yourself from thinking critically yeah, yeah <laughs> it's I, fun I, to I, joke about standing but it's not good to actually do it i don't know who coined the term outrage merchants but that's like a very good term of just like what the online sphere is where it's just like there's people who oh, yeah. know how to mm-hmm. tap into like nerd anger very well. Yeah, I mean like, that's how John Campia is still around. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that fucking but loser. It's just become like this positive feedback loop. But I, you know, it's one of these things where also it's like the majority of the audience of those people are what you're saying to where they're like, you know, they're probably like teenagers, like, mm-hmm. and they're trying to express their opinions for the first time. And we all have to go through that phase. They're just all doing it online, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but um, I also don't know why this movie, here's the thing, I don't know why this movie bombed, but I also don't know how it could have been a hit, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, well, let's look at the budget really quick, $80 million, and it made $140.1 million. Yes. Um, So not okay (laughs) yeah very okay especially for like an animated film that's not disney that does tend to kind of be like yeah the bar from the last two decades unfortunately why is that i've never understood that like what is it because disney literally has a channel called the disney channel that they can just market all their movies on I think so. I, I think but they've you know successfully I, cultivated like a marketing scheme. I guess, about but you stuff. know what's the thing is, I I grew up when I was young and watching the Disney Channel. I grew up in that era of like Treasure Planet and Home on the Range, which like just bombed hard. Like where they, you know, and I remember the big promotions Disney Channel was doing <laughs> for those, and um, I did not see home on the range i've never seen home on the range i have seen treasure planet i i do think i am one of the people that thinks it's super underrated yeah not like a perfect film but and i I really enjoyed it Um, yes welcome welcome brother yeah but like yeah i don't i don't know there's something about like the perfect timing of our generation and everyone else has come after and the 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 kind of disney renaissance that happened in the 90s and then that early two thousands era where they're like, "How do we make movies again?" Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's it's bizarre. Like, it's a, per- it's a perfect storm of shit. Kind of, it's, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's very strange because again, I just don't think this probably would have been a big hit if it was tradi- if it was animated by Don Bluth in the eighties. Oh, totally. Like this would have worked. Yeah, and I'm I'm a Don Bluth fan, more or less. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like my animated Zack Snyder, you know? 
<laughs> like I don't really like everything he does, Big but fan of, uh, Mormon undertones. <laughs> oh, you know, you, you... problematic fame <laughs> for sure. Yeah, no, I, I like I like uh, Don Bluth enough. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, he did make the film Titan A.E. that killed an entire studio. So. Yeah, and traumatized a, like, eight-year-old Macaringo or whatever. No, I saw that movie in theaters, and I was like, this is not this is unbelievable. This is it, the it, best thing I've ever seen. I was terrified of that movie. It was so <laughs> upsetting. I'm so sorry. It was so upsetting, that movie. Uh, yeah, but uh, I've heard it's very good. <laughs> I should rewatch it. <laughs> Wait, no, did I watch it in theaters? I might have... That might have been a Hollywood video rental for me. Imagine getting thrown into a movie theater by an adult that maybe didn't pay attention. Just like, oh, cartoon, go see this. And then, like, the <laughs> earth blows up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would uh, leave an impression. Yeah. Um, but the earth doesn't know. blow up in this. Um, yeah, I don't even know if I need to get into the plot of... Because it's a very simple story. There's there's good owls and there are bad owls. And bad <laughs> owls are on the rise. And so this one good-hearted owl has to go find the other good owls. And get, be like, hey, we need your help. And then he learns some lessons on the way. Or it's like, hey, war is bad. But sometimes you got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I, I've seen it referred to as a libertarian fantasy film. Um, <laughs> like, I, I don't there's definitely a little bit of like libertarian undertones, but I don't know. I, I, I it's weird. I, I just don't buy that. It, which it's this is crazy to say considering Zack Snyder's like very vocal about wanting to make the Fountainhead. <laughs> but it's like, I just feel like if Zack Snyder was a libertarian, he would say he's a libertarian. <laughs> you know Maybe. what I'm saying? Yeah, like, he he is a little hard to pin down because like. You know, a, a lot of, like, film criticism from the last decade really called him out as, like, oh, this is a conservative filmmaker. His superhero films are, like, fascist. Mm-hmm. And, like, I I, I think at their worst, they, they misfire yeah. and, like, accidentally say something like that. But I don't think that's what they set out to do. Yeah. Well, I and think I think Aaron the same thing Sorkin with... Sorkin films are conservative films. <laughs> like... Yeah, and he has, like, a, a huge left-wing fan base. People yeah. still think the the West Wing is, like... You know, like the ideal left wing art. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying. All I'm saying is that, like, it's not about like how his films are perceived. It's just that every libertarian in Hollywood tells you they're a libertarian. You know, <laughs> it's like they, yeah. they're, they're no. Why would they hide that? They're most libertarians are very proud about being libertarians. And so, like, I, he. I feel like those Snyder just maybe one of those guys who is like. Remember when? Remember when? there was rumors that Will Smith was a Scientologist. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, no, no, we had Scientologists on the set. I'm just open to all religions. <laughs> and you're like, all right, I guess. Like, <laughs> I feel like Snyder's probably one of those guys like, look, I've read, he'll be like, I've read the Communist Manifesto. I've read fucking The Fountainhead. I've read Atlas Shrugged. I've read Mein Kampf. I just get a whole group of the things. Like, what was that, the last one? from succession right here <laughs> yeah like i'm really not even trying to say like he has like secret politics i just think he's a he's read a lot <laughs> i guess yeah yeah um but yeah i don't know maybe he is the only thing i got with like that was super libertarian about this where it's like literally the weak 
there's like the weaker brother and the stronger brother mm. and the weaker brother gets like held up by like an oppressive system <laughs> like that was kind of, also there's like you know go to sleep sheeple like there was, there was definitely yeah. that in this movie but um i didn't get like a ton of like nothing more abnormal than most films i guess yeah i i don't know i i, I didn't i didn't see it as like a hard like yeah right or left and not that's not me saying like you know, it sits comfortably in the middle. Yeah. It's just it's just a little messy when it comes to Well, it's to also, that. it's a little bit like Brad Bird always gets accused of being a libertarian. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, no, Brad Bird just thinks people should stop telling him what to do. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not a libertarian. He just, yeah. he's like, I know what I'm doing. Stop getting in my way. <laughs> and it's like, that's the message of most of his films. Yeah, and, and there it, it does just get a little weird because of like you know the big conversation there is the with the Incredibles when they're like oh the family's special and they're told to be special and that mm-hmm. no one else can touch them and it's like that's it's it's more he's he's doing more than just saying that they're special you yeah. know like there's there's a lot going on I, I think media literacy is still a huge problem in this country yeah. you know um, and I, I think there's just inherent issues in superhero mythoses that like we just kind of can't beat right now <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but that's that's another conversation yeah. um but yeah i don't know like this movie was just a ton of fun i i, I don't really know how to put it <laughs> other than i think it was just like it was this good 90 minutes it was paced very well it followed a very simple story that was also kind of unique with the whole owl angle <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the look of all of them and I love that it's basically like like the villains are like extremely villain you know like there's yeah. a villain called Metal Beak and that <laughs> feels like like a middle schooler's like fantasy imagination like oh and then and then this one will will have a metal mask and yeah. stuff you know it's, it's and like owls, I, I kind of admire that owls wearing tiny helmets <laughs> like yeah. flying around and fighting each other and also it like Snyder really understood like Owls are really fucking cute, but also super fucking creepy. Like, yeah, I, he I, knows I, how to frame these owls where like they can be both majestic and threatening. And that was like like Metal Beak's kind of like the only one that is like overtly just evil. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> but like the Helen Mirren one is like she's very majestic, but also super threatening. <laughs> and do you know why Helen Mirren? Is in this film. Why? Because she's also in John Borman's Excalibur, and that's oh. Zack Snyder's favorite film. Oh, hey, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why Which not? I finally saw. Yeah. Good movie, right? I I don't know, but I didn't not <laughs> like it. Yeah, I, 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 I really. That's kind I of like... my response, too, but I'm very impressed with it. <laughs> It's like I just saw John Borman's Point Blank for the first time, and that's like fucking incredible. <laughs> um, I don't think he he gets there. I admire more of what it's going for than I actually think it's like successful on a moment to moment basis. Have you seen his Exorcist too? You have, right? I have. Yeah. Uh, th- that no, sorry, I can't with that one. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I am Pazuzu. 
Uh, no, yeah, like once once that happens, and that that happens towards the end, right? <laughs> and it's this, like <laughs> I don't even know. I could not tell you that movie is like a fucking time warp. Yeah, this, like, you don't know where you're at and when things are happening. Yeah, like he should have just made his own weird horror movie, and, and I then, think the further it got away from the Exorcist stuff, the worse it made it as a sequel. But it kind of got more interesting as its own movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, no, that movie's not. I can't with that one. The house explodes with bugs. <laughs> oh, oh, Pazuzu. Oh, which is apparently a real, like, yeah. name from, yeah. like, old mythology, but, uh... It's like an Iranian or, like, a Babylonian, like, demon or something. Yeah, yeah, so that's why the original Exorcist opens up with the archaeological dig, the Tomb Raider yeah. sequence, yeah. and, um... Which might be the yeah, greatest, it's... like, prologue to a movie ever. <laughs> yeah. I love that whole sequence in The Exorcist. Yeah, that's that's one of the best openings ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why Uncut Gems also has the same structure. <laughs> <laughs> in the same movie at the end of the day. Yep, yep. Um, but I'm glad you saw uh, Excalibur. Um, yeah, I, I thought it would be some nice uh, further reading given given a certain discussion we're about to head into. Mm-hmm. What discussion is that? <laughs> I mean, I could just say it now, right? <laughs> Did you notice that the owls in this movie were using the moon to inflict the anti-life equation on the owls? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what you wanted to bring up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, so we're here, we're here to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Metal um, Geek is fucking working <laughs> for Darkseid, man. And before we started officially recording, Matt said he wanted to bring up something about the Angelife equation. <laughs> um, I, I guess, sure. Uh, yeah, Zack Snyder's Justice League is here. It's just over four hours long. It's not in black and white. There's a lot to talk about. Um, <sighs> I want your thoughts first. I want yours first, and I will go into my whole thing. <laughs> okay. It's broken up into six acts plus an epilogue. Um, it is very clearly a personal film for Zack Snyder, not just because of what the production went through, but I think what he wants for American blockbusters to like embody and what superheroes can visually embody like with the whole mythic approach. Um, I think it is way too long. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I think a lot of the action could be trimmed down or cut entirely, or at least condensed. Uh, I bet I would love wholeheartedly, like a three to three and a half hour version. Uh, and it's probably about as good as the Owls of Gahul, in my opinion. <laughs> so, right. like, I, I loved half of it, and the other half I could take or leave. All right. That's uh, that's a take. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> I guess I need, like, a bit of a preamble before I get to my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I think I've been very vocal about not looking forward to this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I was going through it, and it was just getting... Like, the the fact that the Snyder Cut quote-unquote exists is, like, infuriating to me. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with Zack Snyder. <laughs> it really doesn't. It's not him. It's not even the movie itself. It's just the whole culture around it that existed for a while you know Mm -hmm. and that's a whole other discussion but that was what was really bugging me for the longest time uh and it got it was getting under my nerves and like everything that was coming out about it 
and I was like trying to avoid it, you know? Like, <laughs> I remember. I, I've muted like everything related to Justice League and Zack Snyder. I've muted people I like because they were talking about it too much. Just for the time being, I just needed a break from it all. And I was just, it was driving me nuts then that one trailer dropped with Jared Leto. Also, like, the cat, once I heard Jared Leto was in the movie, that was another one of those things where I was like, fuck this, you know? (laughs) I was really, like, upset. So, I, I, once that, but then that Jared Leto trailer dropped, and he says we live in a society. (laughs) (laughs) And I was suddenly like, oh, shit, Zack Snyder knows exactly what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) And I had this moment where I was like, oh, shit, I might actually like this movie. But then, (laughs) uh, Zack Snyder gave an interview. I don't remember where. This is the one where I was sending you, like, screen caps from it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it became very clear that Zack Snyder doesn't really know what he's doing. (laughs) Like, he kind of does. But doesn't. I'm, I'm, I'm really... I'm not trying to insult the guy at all. I'm Like, this is not me saying that he's an idiot. He's not an idiot. He's not an incompetent filmmaker. I'm not saying he's stupid. I'm just saying that he's very impulsive <laughs> and goes with instincts which are sometimes very questionable because he's just a very earnest guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, every interview mm-hmm. I've read with him, he's incredibly earnest. <laughs> And he's like, I want to make a movie, and I want to make it well. And, like, I believe that these things I'm putting in the movie are good. And I want to say, that's not knocking it. That won me over as well. (laughs) And I was like, because, you know, here's the thing. When you take everything that has been in the atmosphere about Zack Snyder, him being, like, this guy playing 4D chess with everyone in the audience and critics and society that we live in, it that doesn't really fit, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you take it as a guy that doesn't totally know what he's doing, everything suddenly falls into place. <laughs> you, you, you can you follow me there? Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I can. You know what I'm I saying? Can, I do, I do. So it's like suddenly everything that happened in BVS makes sense. <laughs> suddenly everything that happened in Man of Steel makes sense. Suddenly Sucker Punch makes sense. Like. <laughs> It's it's like, okay, it makes sense, and I'm for it. Like, I'd rather see that than... Honestly, I'd rather see that than a guy who is playing 4D chess with the audience, you know? I, I, I love earnestness more than uh, any, like, that sort of playful, cynical bullshit. So I got to a point where I was, like, kind of excited to see what the fuck the movie was. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And having seen it, I want to say that this movie was so fucking good that I ended up being very disappointed. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, interesting interesting place to start then. <laughs> um, so, like, of the emotions I expected to show up here with, Anger, <laughs> petulance, <laughs> maybe excitement, maybe just, you know, thrills. Maybe I'd be like, 
I did come here with like a very heavy heart, and or, like come here with like my head, my head, like just like I'm the guy who's been talking shit about this movie the whole time, and I have to come here and apologize for talking shit for it, which I've done in the past <laughs> movies <laughs> on this podcast. By the way, I'm not afraid of doing that. What I did not expect to come here with was mostly indifference. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know, it's the worst. I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm really I'm honestly kind of heartbroken. Oh, I'm sorry. I, well, I didn't. I like I kept waiting for this movie to be something, and it never got there. And I, in a weird way, it was very similar to. I agree with you. Where it's very similar to Legend of the Guardians: The Owls of Gahul. Where it like never got that like extra element for it for me, but the problem is it's a four hour movie. <laughs> <laughs> so because I'll say this, I told I really agree with your statement about that. This is Zack Snyder's statement about what superhero movies could be, because every scene is shot like that, <laughs> where it's like this this it's like I almost felt a similar way with uh, this will be a weird comparison and some people hate me for it, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Where, like, I felt like Tarantino was trying to do, like, cinematic alchemy to, like, bring ambiguity back to cinema, which is something that cinema has been missing for a while, at least mainstream cinema, where it's a movie that you're supposed to walk out of it not sure how you feel about it Mm -hmm. (laughs) entirely. And I feel like this movie was trying to do something similar with, like, no, you don't understand superhero films could be the greatest thing ever. And if it had been a 90-minute movie, I would be very enthusiastic about it. Because <laughs> there are amazing sequences in this movie. There and are like, legit... Oh, here, go like, ahead. Legit some of the best superhero stuff I have ever seen in a movie. <laughs> and I had a problem when I'm like, oh, man, I must almost be finished. And I paused it, and I was 90 minutes in. Oh, no. <laughs> and... I, uh, it was not a great feeling when it kept going, because I think this movie is beautiful, and it has possibly the worst pacing possible for a movie of its size. It was a real slog to watch, which is, I think, a hurdle that is very easy for other people to get over, so this is, like, entirely subjective, Mm -hmm. you know? Like... It is not, like, if you can get over that it's a four-hour movie, you'll love it. (laughs) But if you can't, you will not. I think we have more common ground than I I think either of us realize, because as much as I love the stuff that I do love, there are moments where I was watching it. It reminded me a little bit of Endgame, and I will say right now that this is a better movie. Yeah. Than that. Not not to be like all like oh Marvel but like yeah, I, I want to try to avoid better. that, but it's like I promise it's the last time I'll bring it up, but like there are moments in the editing of that film where I was like why do they cut that? Like why do they cut from that scene to that scene? And that yeah. happens a little bit in this too. Um and that that does like slow it down because there are like stretches where the rhythms of it are like totally nailed down. By the end I was super into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which then has its own like kind of barrel of monkeys, you know. I will say <laughs> to, to get into. 
I was totally like not into it by the end. <laughs> but I okay. went back and like a day later I decided I'm going to rewatch the last two chapters of the movie just to give it like a fair shake cuz like by then like I was kind of like it was like aggressively difficult to stay focused on the movie by that point. And when I also when I paused it and like I realized I wasn't even 2 hours in, I realized that if I stopped watching, I probably wouldn't be able to bring myself back to it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I, I, I regret not breaking this up into chunks. I feel like if I had broken this up into four one-hour viewings, I would be a lot more positive about it. Um, but, tr- like, doing it in one sitting was uh, aggressive boredom. <laughs> but <laughs> but re- re-watching those last two chapters... I, I enjoyed it. It was like, oh, this is actually really engaging. And it's like, I can tell what's happening <laughs> with the action. Which, th- I will say this, this is the best action a Zack Snyder film has ever had. I you know what? I always I, yeah. struggled with the action. Where, like, that's the moment where it's like, in not even just Zack Snyder films, but in all superhero films, once the fighting starts is when my brain turns off. And it's like, I can't even focus on what's happening because I don't know what's happening. Whereas this, I'm like, okay, I know what's going on. <laughs> and it, that was, it was very uh, thrilling to see that, having not seen it in a long time. <laughs> and particularly superhero action, I should stress, because I was thinking about, like, one was the last really good superhero movie with superhero action, and it's like, I liked Birds of Prey, but I also feel like the action in that wasn't particularly superhero, you know? Like, that could be, like, any other movie action and then you have something like what do you call it um logan which had a little bit of superhero stuff but was still more of a generic action movie and i couldn't think of the last time i really enjoyed action in a superhero film uh i i'm on record as liking the batman murders everyone in the warehouse sequence in bvs <laughs> yeah um i wouldn't say it's like one of the greatest things i just i i thought that was pretty impressive for Zack snyder action like Spider-Man three, probably Raimi's Spider-Man three, yeah. I think has I was, great I was action in that it too. Like the Spider-Man movies were like the last time I remember really enjoying the superhero action, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, whereas, yeah. Like, like it's weird where it's like the Marvel films. It's like the scenes I enjoy most in the movies I like are not the action scenes. It's yeah. Or you know what? Uh, maybe a weird thing to bring up, but like the first Avengers, I think, has a great climax like the action in that is actually very well done it's pretty solid um and it's like you know but it's also like it kind of relies too much on like we got to slow things down to show you what's happening because otherwise you wouldn't be able to tell what the fuck was going on you know Mm -hmm. which is there's a little bit of that here but i think it's used better in Zack snyder's justice league um it's also one of those things where it's just like i would not recommend this movie to someone who's not already on the either DC train or the Snyder train. Yeah, I wouldn't either, but here's the thing. A lot of the positive reviews are from people that haven't liked D- like Zack Snyder's DC know, stuff or Zack Snyder specifically. Yeah. Like that's like Walter Shaw mm-hmm. hated Man of Steel and BVS. Like take him or leave him as a film critic. I just think it's an interesting point to bring up because he basically said like bvs is like a, a like fascist propaganda mm-hmm. which obviously I, I disagree with yeah but he ended up giving this four out of four stars okay like he completely won him over and i just Here's... think that's like 
weird. Here's here's the thing I will say about that. One, I I understand why critics like this one more. Um cuz A Man of Steel is a bad movie and B BVS the theatrical cut of BVS is like a disaster. <laughs> like in my opinion, like where it's structurally they tried to condense a 3-hour movie into like two and a half hours or whatever the fuck that movie was. And it just it the the pacing is like uh, I can understand why someone will walk out of the theatrical cut of BVS and hate it. But we didn't, you know, we didn't get that this time. <laughs> this time we got <laughs> Zack Snyder in a full display. And I will agree with you. I think there is a better version of this movie that is three hours. I think maybe if I had gotten to that 90-minute moment and realized I was halfway through, I'd be way more willing to ride it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but, you know... Zack Snyder's like a maximalist filmmaker, you know, and that's both like obviously his strength and his biggest weakness because, you know, like I love when he's really showing like, here's how Cyborg perceives the world through his his new abilities was incredible. The Cyborg stuff is is like, I feel the same way I did about his Lex Luthor on rewatch. This Mm -hmm. is the best thing Zack Snyder's ever done. Well, it's it's, so hysterical. I got it like gotta send my love to fucking ray fisher like no wonder he was fucking pissed like yeah he had the best arc in this movie <laughs> he got fucked by the fucking other version yeah and like, and cyborg is is a, a socialist king just yeah. like ray fisher apparently because he was also for bernie yeah so it's I, I cyborg and harley like, quinn <laughs> it's it's almost a joke that like of course he's pissed like i understand he had a terrible experience with justice league that he absolutely did not deserve, and that now, like, Whedon's whole ass has been out as a terrible person. Mm-hmm. So, but, like, it's just like, yeah, I'd be fucking pissed, too, if I went to see Justice League and realized they cut my whole character out of the fucking movie. Yeah. Like, why cut the strongest thing in the movie? <laughs> That's what was baffling to me. <laughs> like, it's just, oh, my God. Like... I don't want to say racism, but it might have been racism. Like, there's, I can't think of another reason to do it. Yeah, like I, I, I can kind of see, like, like I said, condensing this film down as a whole, mm-hmm. especially with like the Warner Brothers mandate that it had to be under two hours for the theatrical release. Yeah, but I, I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, um. Wow, and here here's maybe something that's not favorable to say online that I think once in a while tiny little sequences are marginally improved by the theatrical edition. The reappearance of Lois Lane in this versus the theatrical version when Superman is revived um, I I think is actually a little stronger in the theatrical version because like it's not just a coincidence. It, yeah. It's like part of the plan to bring Superman back and also bring back his humanity by Batman. And yeah. here, I think Batman uh, is a little too cut off from the world. And I, I think that's intentional, but I think it it makes him less interesting a little bit. And I want to say that Ben Affleck is... He's a great fucking Batman. He's terrific. And he's, it's he's too bad he only got two movies out of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a push to be like, because this, this is very clearly like what could have been with Zack Snyder's DCEU, but I doubt that'll happen. Who knows? We Hollywood's in a very weird place right now. 
Yeah, um, and they they're still pushing HBO Max is like we need to like keep selling this fucking thing. So I think yeah. they'll just take whatever. But to Zack Snyder's credit and Ben Affleck's credit, they both said they're done multiple times now. Okay. Um, right. Again, anything could happen, but I think Snyder's like that part of my life is over. Mm-hmm. And Ben Affleck was like, my fucking friend told me gall. I'd drink myself to death <laughs> if I did this. So gall though to end this movie with a preview for a better movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, like no. Um, <laughs> I look. I'll talk a little bit more about what I liked and didn't like. But that post-apocalypse like Justice League movie with the weird mishmash of heroes and villains. Mm-hmm. You know that meme, like, this is what they took from us? That's, like, yeah. me unironically right now, because that looks unbelievable. I know, like, I was, really want that. It was weird where I was waiting. It, it, I was watching this movie waiting for Zack Snyder to show up, kind of. <laughs> like, I was waiting for this, like, when is this going to get, like, BVS, Batman hitting Superman over the head with a sink? Like, fucking crazy. <laughs> and ridiculous. And it was the fucking epilogue of the movie. <laughs> Yeah. And that was a little disappointing. I, I just gotta say, like, I, I think the problems I have with this movie are entirely in its construction as a narrative. And I know a lot of people are like, I'm sure there's a reason that someone will point out about why it's divided into six chapters and an epilogue. <laughs> and I'm sure there's something to that that is like, oh, did you know every title has like a double meaning like this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, sure. I think that that structure is what kind of killed the movie for me. It, like, it not not didn't totally, help, honestly. Yeah, for me. Uh, which is a bummer because I thought when I heard, oh, it's broken up into like chapters and an mm-hmm. epilogue, I was like, oh, so he's going like full like insane Zack Snyder, and yeah. not really. Uh, I I like the idea of it more than the execution, like a lot of Zack Snyder stuff, unfortunately. Um, I was actually a, a little let down with, uh, Chris Terrio, which is mm. a weird who thing is, to say. Who is in hiding and, like, has said nothing about this movie. Yeah, well, I mean, look, you got BBS, <laughs> Rise of Skywalker, and two separate versions of Justice League to your name, like, uh... I just think it's so I, funny I it. that it's like... Zack Snyder's Justice League, and it's like written by Chris Terrio, and it's like, wait a minute, like, <laughs> well, like, because Chris Terrio's like whole like weird obsession with like gods and man and Wagner cycles of life and death and heaven and hell, like that's a little bit here with like the dark side and Steppenwolf stuff, and I loved it, but then when it like deals with the more like grounded human stuff. It, I did feel him struggling a little bit. Because, like, love him or hate him, I never feel his writing really struggle. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not good. You get what I mean? Like, it feels more consistent. Here, I, I felt him having trouble, like, dealing with the, the reemergence of Superman. I, that felt a little choppy to me. Mm-hmm. And the one I, I gotta say, as one of the few people that was like, I actually kind of like the Wonder Woman sequel. I didn't really like Wonder Woman in this. Um... It's weird. I don't think Gal Gadot's like a great actress. I liked her stuff in this though. <laughs> like it was okay. weird. Um, I really liked. Here's something I gotta say. I got halfway through this, and also it suddenly hit me that I never actually saw Joss Whedon's Justice League. Okay. I only read about it and saw all the memes. Like I, it's, I was like, I only thought I imagined that I had seen the movie, <laughs> and so I was like, oh yeah, I guess I didn't see that. Um, 
So I can't really remember. So I don't know like what was in the theatrical cut and what was in this version. Um, and for all I understand, there's a lot of there's a lot more similarities than you'd expect, I guess. Yeah, like um, some people are saying, like it's just the same movie, and like structurally, sure, but you know, you could have two people make the same pizza, and it tastes radically different. I know, like a food a food metaphor. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know food metaphors are so like fucking ridiculous when it comes to film, but it's easy sometimes. So what's whatever. The, uh, what's the Jonathan Demi movie Swing Shift? Have you ever seen Swing Shift? No, am I missing You'll... out? Um. Well, here's the weird thing about Swing Shift. It was, like, shot a certain way, and then it was, like, decided in post-production that uh, Goldie Hawn, who I believe was supposed to be, like, kind of a supporting character or, like, a co-lead. It was, like, no, it should be a Goldie Hawn vehicle because it's her and Kurt Russell, and, like, they became, like, that was when they were becoming, like, an it couple then. Uh, and so it's, gotcha. like, it's, a, it's now a Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell vehicle, and it was kind of taken away from Jonathan Demi and, like, re-edited. Mm-hmm. And here's the, go, like, go watch Swing Shift, and it's kind of just, like, a generic romantic like drama comedy type film you know mm-hmm. and you're and then this piece uh was written by someone that's like swing shift the unmaking of a masterpiece right <laughs> like someone now if you had only seen the the theatrical cut of swing shift you'd be like what the fuck is this person talking about like i can understand there's maybe a better version of swing shift i can't imagine there's that radically a different version of swing shift and then if you can find a torrent of the work print for Swing Shift, because I don't think believe it's ever been legally released, uh, it, it's the same movie, but, like, all these small changes make it, like, radically different. <laughs> and it's, it's weird where it's just, like, just framing can, like, really alter a movie. Like, even, like, really little things that you wouldn't think matter can really change a movie. You know? Yeah, I mean... This might be, I might be like fucking the stupidest person ever by saying this, but I think if you want to show like how artistic intent can change like that, like I think that's a great example you brought up, like just show the theatrical version of Justice League and the Snyder Cut. Like you you could like, you could hate both versions or love both versions. Like that's not the point. Like they're, they're radically different films. Like in, in like their minute like moment to moment stuff alone well, you know and like great... yeah like the outline is probably the same but like yeah. it's it's a different experience and i think it's a little facetious and frankly dishonest when i see people be like it's the same movie like it's it's well, really I think, not <laughs> i think people saying that because like i i hope to god someone out there is archiving the years of theories about what Zack snyder's justice league was supposed to be because mm-hmm. a lot of those theories were not correct. <laughs> yeah, we talked about them on on the BVS episode. Yeah, uh, and like I don't remember any of them. I remember that the Green Lantern Corps was supposed to show up. Well, no, no, no. It, it um when I brought him up, and I I don't think I got like any of of what I talked about wrong because there was that point where Zack Snyder was just saying it, and then now he's back to saying like, yeah, this is what the sequels were going to entail. And like the the rough plan has like been out there for a while, but he's just kind of like relitigating it and explaining it. And yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that stuff later because I I want to talk about the movie a little bit more. But um, I, I, back to the framing, I'm very curious about what you thought about the uh, four by three. I believe it's like one point thirty three one to be specific. It's like the old Academy ratio. 
what happened to the movie? It was missing a chunk of the movie. Uh-huh. There's big black bars on the side of the screen. Um, I think everyone needs to grow up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't like that. Like it. I don't know. Like I did. I'm like I. I do think I understand. I, I posted a, a tweet about like starting with that title card that says we're showing this in four by three to. Uh, protect like Zack Snyder's artistic vision. If you're going into this movie extremely skeptical of this of Zack Snyder, you're gonna hate it. Like mm-hmm. it's just gonna anger you that it even says something like that. But also, if you don't put it there, half of America's gonna walk away going like, "Why the mo- Why was half the movie missing?" <laughs> like, yeah, and that speaks to like a lot of problems with like the art world and such like that. Um, I thought generally the framing was pretty good. I think the close-ups, for some reason, it makes them look incredible. Mm. <laughs> like, I love a good you know close-up. <laughs> like, I am just not smart enough to really talk about this. Mm-hmm. But I will say, it's it says something that this is the first Zack Snyder film where I could see action scenes and tell what the fuck was going on. <laughs> and I think it maybe had something that I had less of a frame to deal with, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like if, if it had been a little wider, I would have gotten a little confused. Yeah, and to be fair, Zack Snyder kind of is doing the George Lucas thing right now, I'm realizing, when he's like, oh, no, it was always intended to be shown in, in this ratio. It it wasn't, um, <laughs> but I'm glad that he decided on it now. Just, no need to lie, dude, it looks good. I think it's, it's is, it looks, I'm, the framing's good. Yeah, I'm just wondering, is, why did he choose it? Like, did he really watch it and just go like, I think this looks better? Or is there, like, a cynical version of this where it's, like, I did this because it would cut down on, like, effects costs, you know? Like, if we, lo- if we suddenly lose huge percentages of the frame, we don't have to finish those effects. I think that was probably the original intent, but, like, mm. I-, I think, I think the images more, I, have I, more power. I, now, I actually you know? like, I liked it. I really did. Mm-hmm. Like, I did, I'm not here, like, saying it's bad. I'm just saying that I'm... I, the feeling I got watching it was that it was maybe made for an economic reason. And, hey, maybe Zack Snyder, given some, you know, restrictions, actually improves his films. I mean, if you're talking about restrictions like Legend of the Guardians, you know, Owls of Gahul, yeah. not bad. <laughs> um, I but I, I think I it's have... actually more expensive to do this okay. for the special effects reasons. But then again, like... This is also basically what the original negatives would look like on a film strip when you're shooting on like IMAX, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's an odd choice, but it works. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it's not. I did not come away from this being like, why the fuck you shoot it like that? Um, there was the one shot at the end where like they all stand together that looked a little awkward, but that was about it. Yeah, a lot of sky in that scene. Yeah, it's like, like the, well, I don't even think that. I think the lower frame kept getting bigger. And it was like, <laughs> All right, it's like cool. Yeah, I I like people playing with different aspect ratios. Like yeah. like Nolan does it too, you know. And I know people are like, why they, why don't this stay the same? And it's like because he didn't want it to. That that's yeah. literally it. It's it's an artistic decision. Like it or dislike it. Yeah. You talk about it on its own terms. That's what this all comes down to. And I'm seeing a lot of bad faith arguments. And to be fair, it's on both sides. Yeah. So just everyone shut up, like it or dislike it, and eat your fucking vegetables, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Well, just, just, there's more I important just, shit to get mad about. Like, here's the thing. If, let's say if I had come out of this movie and I had hated it, I would not even have brought up the aspect ratio. 
Like yeah, right. You know? like, I don't give a shit. Like I mean, it it worked. It 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 worked. It was fine. Like whatever. <laughs> mm. And you know, not not to spend time criticizing critics, but like. I, I've seen a lot of people, and this is not critic-related specifically, but, like, a lot of people being like, oh, the stupid movie made by the stupid person for their stupid fans. And it's like, don't watch it then. Like, that's totally, like, yeah. there's so much else to watch out there, you know? Like, go spend time doing anything else. You can hate him and his work all you want. That's totally, I mean, maybe don't spend too much time hating anything, but, like, yeah. <laughs> just, don't just... Don't let hate take up that much space in your brain because it takes yeah. up a lot of space these days. Yeah, look, I, I'm at the point where I basically like half of Zack Snyder's movies and I dislike the other half. And after you know I'm done what, talking enough, about Justice League this weekend, I won't talk about it a while vote, for a while. Sorry yeah. No, no, no. I, I just I just don't think I'll be like talking or thinking about this for a while because yeah. I wasn't like head over heels in love with this. But... I don't know. It worked for me more than it I didn't. Mean, <laughs> I am a little frustrated that like the only two ways we seem to be able to talk about this movie is either like it's a travesty like to the idea <laughs> of film and it is actually inserting a it's secretly it's a MAGA film or something like that. I don't know what people are saying. Like, <laughs> like that there's some sort of secret agenda going on. And then the flip side of that is that like Zack Snyder is like descended from the heavens. And yeah. He's, like gifting us this beautiful film that is gonna that one day we'll realize 20 years from now that it was just so ahead of its time and it's like i just you know i don't i don't like that those are the two sides of the debate yeah like just just talk about what you see on screen this is why like i i kind of like the idea that maybe we don't always get to know the filmmakers behind the camera um that's not excusing the ones who are like monsters behind the camera or anything like that but like i don't know sometimes the work can just speak for itself you know and I, 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 I think we need to start recognizing that a little more. You know what's uh, something I've, I've, I've learned to do with movies now, because we've just had like another week of like people getting revealed to be assholes, mm-hmm. <laughs> or they, they suck and like shit happens. What I've learned to do is, I just when I watch a movie and I get to the end of it, I ask myself a question: Will I defend this movie if I know the filmmaker's a monster? <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm not saying they are, but would I still defend it? And I'll 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 say this: Chinatown is still Chinatown at the end of the day. <laughs> Chinatown, you can't stop Chinatown from being one of the greatest films ever. I was able to dump pretty much everything Joss Whedon did in the moment <laughs> shit came out about him. It's like it, like it, stuff I liked. I didn't like it that much. <laughs> So, uh, I respect that. Yeah. And I think there's just an issue here where it's like, this is such being, this is so being marketed as Zack Snyder's justice league that like you are almost forced to reconcile with Zack Snyder, the man, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it's impossible to avoid that. And it's just, it's a thing where it's like, I mean, the Snyder cut legions on Twitter are some of the worst people, some of the worst people on Twitter, frankly. I'm sorry. No, it, it like, it's true. Like he, look, some some of his fans are great. Like we had we had this little like uh, group that would listen to our stuff and be like, yeah, we disagree with you about Zack Snyder, but you know, we brought up the interesting points. And they're they're no longer on Twitter. They all left because I, I think they were younger and they were like, we don't need this. And I was like, all right, mm-hmm. bye guys. But 
you know, that was far and few between. Like, I'm still blocked by, like, half of DC Twitter because I didn't like Man of Steel on BVS at a point, you know? I've and, tweeted, and they would not leave me alone. <laughs> I've tweeted positive things about Zack Snyder and had people show up in my comments calling me a liberal cuck. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't understand the genius at work. <laughs> so, I'm just saying, like, I, I do, I, I believe that, like, if we lived in an alternate universe where, like, the DCEU was successful and the Marvel expanded universe wasn't, the Marvel fans would be behaving the way the DCEU fans are. Mm-hmm. But uh, we don't live in that world. <laughs> so, no, no. Yeah, like, fandoms in general are just kind of bad for the most part, especially these days, but I, there's, there is something about the Snyder legions that like, it makes it difficult to talk about these movies Mm -hmm. because it's like, they, they are so militant. (laughs) Yeah. Like uh, a film critic. I really like, she, she didn't like this. Her name's Clarice Lowry. And she gave a negative review, I believe for the guardian. And naturally (laughs) she kind of needed to block off, um, responses to all of her tweets after that. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, you know? Yeah. Because See, I, I, after women it's a, a lot. good critic. That's strange. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Can't imagine what that's about. But, but I, again, I, I, I'm not, not trying to be like, to go after some people, but I also, I do think there are some from the, I will say, moderate Snyder fans that can fuel some of the radical Snyder fans. Just, mm-hmm. I think you gotta be a little careful out there sometimes. No, no, totally. And, uh-huh. you know... I'm glad you brought up that this cut only exists, like, finally, like, officially, because HBO Max basically needs subscribers. Yeah, it's HBO Max's desperation, which was, like, another thing that made me, like, hate the movie before it even came out. I mean, because I actually think that fed into, like, obviously it does come across as, like, capitulating to fans, Mm -hmm. but it's also, like, this corporation just wanting to, like, fill their own pockets with it. You know, it's it's not that complicated, but it's a little conflicting when you look at like the history of this film. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because again, I I actually did like a lot of this. Yeah. And uh maybe now I'll talk a little well, bit about I, what I, I did I will, not like. Yeah, we'll get into that. But I gotta say, I think the dark side of this movie, love it or hate it. I guess if you hate it, you already see the dark side. But uh-huh. if you if you love it, I think it's important that we recognize that this is this if this is successful enough. This is going to be a big turning point for Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get more movies like this where they're going to go back and quote-unquote fix movies. And movies are going to be... What movies are are going to be dominated by the loudest voices online. <laughs> That's if this is successful. Now, even I, if I'm... this is not, I feel like it's the first canary in the coal mine that something like that is coming. I think that's already here. You know, to, like to quote Wonder Woman, like I, I think that that fight's already here, and we just don't really realize it yet. I guess because like think, look like, at Rise, like yeah, Rise, Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker is like the other one where it was like that movie is so like just it's entirely responding to the backlash, but it doesn't even seem like it realizes what it's doing, which is like the pass it kind of gets. Like Rise of Skywalker, it feels like. J.J. Abrams doing everything he did with Force Awakens and it's just not working, you know? Yeah. Well, it's a film that wants to please everyone, and by doing that, it pleased, like, five people on the planet. Yeah, exactly. And I just feel like we're about to get, like, this wave of 
we're not even going to get new movies anymore. We're just going to get the same movies, and people are going to vote on what they want the movies to be. <laughs> like, I feel like that's ten years down the road, where movies are voted on by nerd committees. And it, that has nothing to do with the quality of this film. Mm-hmm. Something to keep an eye on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm nervous about it, especially because the uh, the people that are the loudest, most vocal, and the people with the most uh, income they can waste... <laughs> Um, tend to not be the best voices to dominate yeah. these sorts of things. Uh, and I, I will say I'm not as worried about that because the whole industry is basically going to collapse this decade. Like that's yeah, that's what I believe. We'll it's see. Weird. It's I, I don't know where it's like, where, where like any time a studio announces like five years from now this is going to happen. I'm like, boy, these guys are optimistic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I think they just announced, like, another DC character movie in, in production. They're looking for filmmakers. And, you know, naturally, people are like, oh, that's awesome. And I'm like, I don't know anything. It, it It's slated. There's nothing. There's literally nothing to it. There's nothing to get excited about. That's not, like, a movie yet, you know? It's a production note at this point. We'll remember get to when, that. Remember when uh, they announced Steven Spielberg was going to do the Black Hawk movie? Yeah. And I was like, "Well, that sounds great, but it's probably not going to happen." Yeah, it was still it would still be great. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm, it was weird because mm-hmm. that was like a product that was like a project he was sitting on since like the eighties. Yeah, and, and it was going to start Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> and uh, then he's like, "I'm back." Because there was that weird like right after it was like, you know, like Justice League bomb, but then. Uh, Aquaman was like an unexpected hit. Like it was like right mm-hmm. after that, and DC was kind of like we don't know what works, and so like just announced like thirty different things. Yeah, like, and they're still doing anything. that, you know. Yeah. And uh, and to be fair, I don't want them to just have everything slated to like coalesce into an ongoing story. I like that there's all these different movies out there now. It really is just the problem that like all these films are from two different studios. Like that's really what like sours any excitement I have for yeah. anything. It's it's capitalism. That's the problem here, yeah. <laughs> really. And, and something that like definitely hurt this movie that had not, that was not this movie's fault at all is that like I am currently extremely burned out on superheroes. <laughs> like uh, if I if, I'm, if I'm I never there with you. see if I never see another superhero film for the rest of my life, I'll be happy. Uh, <laughs> I, I won't go that far just because I want to live forever. No, um, but like, I, 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 I definitely wouldn't go that far. I don't want to live forever, but I wouldn't go that far. Uh, I would say that like I'm I'm superheroed out. I I rewatched Man of Steel on Batman vs Superman because I was starting to get excited for the Snyder Cut. Yeah, and also because my mom hadn't seen them and she was curious, and she liked what? them both more than I did. So <laughs> go figure. Here's a question: um, uh, What do you like more, Justice League or BVS? Uh, BVS. Yeah, you know what? I would say BVS. <laughs> Yeah, um, I th- it's so like specific and insular, and so is this one. But like, more of what I like about Zack Snyder's and BVS, and mm. less about what I like like about Zack Snyder's and Justice League. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And then Man of Steel, I just I like it from afar, and I won't revisit it. But I I kind of like looking at it from a distance, <laughs> and then I get closer, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, um, I just yeah, I can, I can never do Man of Steel again. Like I, I like, tried. It's so loud. I know it's it, so it's so <laughs> loud. And it's so boring. Like it's uh, that's well, you know, like, talking about like structure and action and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. 
Like, Man of Steel is just like, God, I, I can see it. I can see the better version. You could just edit it and cut yeah. back on, like, 10 to 15 minutes of the action. And uh, I'll say this for Justice League, the action, even though I'm like, yeah, I'd probably cut this, I'd cut that, I'd condense this. Um, I don't think any of it is as loud or obnoxious as Man of Steel. Yeah, I did. Like, I, I get never, a headache at the end of that one. I'm sorry. I was never, like, overwhelmed by the action here. Yeah. Um, um, I would say, to again, to get into things I, I am not crazy about, I wasn't crazy about Wonder Woman here. I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. I still like her solo films, though. I'm the guy I, that I, likes I, both. I just want to say before we get off Wonder Woman is just... Uh, mm-hmm. I loved that, like, that robbery scene in the beginning. <laughs> really? I really liked that. It was just, like, so weird. <laughs> All right. And it was just, like, why is this happening? And I, I kind of got excited. because like, oh, are we going to introduce every character like this? <laughs> and then we kind of just, like, again, the problem I said with, like, the construction was, like, I wish what this movie had been. And, you know, not to backseat direct a movie that I had nothing to do with and would probably fuck up. <laughs> But I wish that the movie had had, like, this prologue with uh, Steppenwolf and the Mother Boxes or whatever. And then we just, we sit with, like, we introduce each character individually. And we get, like, maybe 30 minutes with them, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. that we just do, like, huge chunks of the movie just with that character. Or not even, like, you could do, like, a fucking hour. I don't give a shit. But just stick with the character and do their whole thing. Instead of, like, the cross-cutting they were doing a little bit, you know? Yeah, I like, was not crazy about that. Like, we we have the threat established by Steppenwolf. We we could have spent more time just with the hero side of things, you know? Yeah, and the Steppenwolf, and I will, like, just to get into stuff we really didn't like, I think mm-hmm. the Steppenwolf dark side, the threat is so generic. Which was, like, that was like, kind of, like, the bummer of it for me, where it's like, this is kind of, like, just a superhero movie. Which I didn't want it to just be a superhero movie, you know? Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be a Zack Snyder movie <laughs> a little bit. And it's like the threat is so kind of like obvious and bland. And it's like about getting the thing to put on the thing to do the thing, which mm-hmm. is like what all these fucking movies are, that I, I hated every time we went back to it. Because I was like, I would like be getting into the movie. <laughs> okay, so this is funny. I did not care for the Wonder Woman opening. I like the idea of, of what you just said about catching up with all these characters like that. And they all have like these kind of mini short films in like to introduce them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did not care for that scene at all. Mm-hmm. It goes on for like 10 minutes and I, I don't know why it's there. <laughs> um, and I like oh, that yeah, actor playing the terrorist. Like, yeah, I don't know why that scene's in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Because um, then the other introductions, Wonder Woman gets two introductions. <laughs> Yeah. And the other introduction is her working on that statue, and that's like, all right, that's great. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, I like think you they know just what? I wanted to it... establish that when Wonder Woman isn't cleaning statues, uh, she is out there doing hero work, you know? I think they just wanted that in the movie. Oh, no, totally. So, you know, to also take your term of backseat directing, I would have introduced her with the statue, the guy walking around asking her about her weekend. She's like, nothing much, right? And then you, you, interlace quick cuts of the action and then there you go that's it that's all you needed yeah, there's know, a bunch I... of that i would have like done in the movie but whatever i'm not Zack snyder and this yeah. is clearly what he wanted you know and at the end of the day this entire like snyder cut endeavor is about that like here you yeah. go and i'm glad he got to do that given the you know the struggle it took to make this a reality <laughs> yeah but you know what um, sequence i also really liked hmm. i liked wonder woman getting the arrow and going through the temple 
Oh no no no! That was great. I and love it's all that wordless, shit. Wordless, and it's it was just great, and I like that sequence. So if you could somehow combine this bank robbery with that, I don't know how. <laughs> what? But, like, well, you know what? Here's how. Here's here's my suggestion, Zack Snyder. If you are not listening, um, it, it should have been her establishing her working on the statue, right? Like, she's, she's fixing up this ancient statue. That guy comes in, and he's talking about arson because someone's, like, they think someone's burned a temple down. Yeah. I will say, that arrow flying through the air was pretty great. Um, that was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she sees it. She realized what, what it is. So then she's like, all right, I got to go and check this out. But on the way there, she just happens to notice a bank robbery. <laughs> Well, no, that's the other thing. That's also not a bank robbery. We keep referring to that. Oh, yeah. That, it's like I think that's weird... like an attack on Parliament yeah, in the UK. Some, it was some weird, like, extremist group, like, which, you know, whatever. But, like, hey, maybe that's one of them. She just happens to notice these things. Mm-hmm. You know, and Wonder then there's in the that. Comics, here's something these fucking movies are too cowardly to do. Wonder Woman in the comics can talk to animals. Like... <laughs> Have her, like, be like, all right, I'm going to go check out this thing. And, like, a bird comes down and fucking talks to her. <laughs> and it's like, you know what? They're going to rob f- the fucking parliament thing. <laughs> yeah, that is weird that that's not here because I feel like Zack Snyder would actually lean into that, you know? Yeah. Have her, like, he gets chalked up to being, like, some... People, like, you know? Yeah, like... he gets chalked up to be, like, some, like, gritty, realistic, attempting director. And he's, like, very clearly not if you yeah. watch any one of his films. Except maybe Dawn of the Dead because, yeah. But, like... I don't know. It feels like it'd be something he would get a kick out of. Yeah. Uh, but but again, but, I just want to say that's really weird that like you liked that scene, and I didn't because I also loved Dark Side stuff. And like oh. he's only in it for like five minutes, but I loved this weird like like heavy metal version of Hell. You know, Steppenwolf. Well, I will say, still not great, but like I he had a presence this time, which I appreciated. You know. Like, there's yeah. weight to him now, and he's actually, like, well, they give a him, like, threat. This whole thing of, yeah, but they, and they give him this whole thing of, like, he's been kind of rejected by Darkseid. Yeah, and, like, that's, like, okay, that's, yeah, that that's fun. Uh, I've I seen people not... be like, oh, this redeems him, and I'm like, it doesn't. He's not great. That's Yeah. But that's, like, but kind of the point, so whatever. The, the new gods are difficult to do, so, like, <laughs> the fact that it functions, I guess, is fine. I have nothing against, really, the aesthetics of it. I'm talking more about, like, the narrative thrust of Steppenwolf and Darkseid's plot, you know? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I never, like, I just know, like, all right, when things get the darkest, they're going to have all three mother boxes, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. You just, the mo- it's a Pixar thing where it's like the moment that's introduced, you know what's going to happen. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Unlike a Pixar film, that doesn't happen, like, an hour from when it's introduced. It happens <laughs> three hours later. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that that's unfortunate. Um, because here's what I thought was gonna happen when I first heard that they were doing the Snyder cut. I was like, oh well, he's gonna reshoot like some stuff and make his trilogy plan into a single film. That's why it's gonna be four hours. That didn't happen. This is just the yeah. same movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought when because in the trailer you start to see like that uh that nightmare future again. I was like, oh, that's gonna be like the um. Dark Knight of the Soul for this film. They're gonna have to go back and undo it, and that didn't that didn't happen. <laughs> Instead, it's just at the end. Also, fucking, how dare they leak that image of Granny Goodness? How oh, yeah. dare they? That, that like... was like amazing, though. When I realized, like, 
You know, like, I, I try not to get, like, excited like some fucking nerd mm-hmm. anymore. But I saw there's, that there's and I was like, oh, God. Like, understand it's a nerd reaction. There's nothing wrong with that. But here's the <laughs> thing. I would have liked to have had that reaction while watching the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would I mean, not have been like, I would not like to go into the movie knowing Granny Goodness is in the film. And then she shows up and has no lines. Yeah, that was disappointing. I, and I, I, I just got to say, this is like, this is not a fair criticism of the movie at all. It's, this is entirely nerd and personal bias, but I would, I really would not like to see Zack Snyder's version of the new gods. They're too. They're too strange. <laughs> well, they they wouldn't have been that predominant. Like it really would have just been like Dark Side, Desad, and Granny Goodness. Hey, I that's think. that's fine. That's fine if you're just yeah. gonna do the bad guys. But it's like, isn't Ava DuVernay's doing the New Gods? Yeah, she was slated for it, but remember, with these kind of yeah. movies, everyone's slated you know, for everything like until they're not. There's a good to fair chance that mean op- that means Oprah is gonna play Granny Goodness. <laughs> yeah, that would be. That would honestly rule. Yeah, yeah I, I'd be into that. <laughs> Oprah going full villain. <laughs> yeah, that would be the shit. That would honestly. be terrific. <laughs> um, uh, I, but yeah, and, uh, I, I liked all that stuff a lot, and I wish there was more of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I don't know if I wish there's more of it. Just like I just wish the drive of it was a little more interesting. You know, mm-hmm. like. I just don't like that it's like, we're going to get the three mother boxes. No, because, like, it does have a very, like, Which first I was convinced, Avengers structure. Yeah, I was convinced that was Joss Whedon's work, you know? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, he looked at whatever the fuck Justice League was. Because, like, Zack Snyder's big weakness, I would argue, in all of his films is structure. I think he's not great at structuring his films. And I bet you Joss Whedon, who is very much a structure guy came in and was like we need structure let's just say they're trying to get three mother boxes we can do a bunch of shit in post that'll make that fit and then i was a little surprised that that's what this movie was also about (laughs) you know to to snyder's credit all of this stuff is very like endowed with themes you know uh sometimes to his detriment as well but like here it's like oh well the mother boxes are like they're protected by the old races of man coming together. And now, yeah. because man's so divided, that's why they lose them. And it's like, okay, there, there's, I think that's an interesting idea. We need and a strong I like that... ruler to come forward and unite these people. Oh, that, that's but, less good. I'm, um, I'm, just but... I'm just fucking around. Okay. <laughs> I, I love that Superman's death scream is what, like, activates yeah. them. <laughs> I really love that. I, I, I like that, too. It's it's a strange choice, but hey, good good for you. That's like, that was a Zack Snyder thing, where I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, we're getting into it. <laughs> it, kind of, it didn't really go there, but... No, uh, no, not not fully. Um, I will say, one thing that just annoyed me, this is a nerd nitpick, I was annoyed that they felt the need to explain that the mother boxes were technology that was so advanced it was like magic. Oh, yeah, I didn't, you know? I wasn't a fan. I'm like, I think we can get that. <laughs> like, yeah, and also, like, is does that mean Aquaman is not, like, like all of this stuff is based in science, too, because well, they're making, I, like, bubbles in the ocean? yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of, uh, I always call it, like, Dying Earth literature, which is, like, the idea of, like, Dying Earth book series is, like, the Earth so far in the future that technology really is indistinguishable from magic, and because the Earth is dying, it's, like, returned to, like, a feudal society. 
So they think they're using magic, but really what they're using is just ancient technology, you know? Mm-hmm. I yeah. like that aesthetic. So, like, I like that. I always just apply that to kind of everything I'm reading. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it really works. I think all fantasy stories really, they add a lot to it if you imagine them as, like, post-apocalypse stories. <laughs> and Which I we almost that, got. Yeah, I think that really fits with uh, Zack Snyder's aesthetic. Um, I just didn't like that he underlined it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they do the same thing in the first Thor, which I'm not a fan of them doing there either. It's like, he's a god. You don't need to explain that away. <laughs> like, it's... I don't know. It, or just it, it, it is let odd. the audience figure it out. Like, <laughs> like just let... It, it's fine. Let the audience fill those blanks in. <laughs> you know? But that's yeah. just the problem I have with, like... That's, like, a studio note where it's like, the audience doesn't know what the mother boxes are. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um... That's another thing that's surprising about critics that are really liking this. Like, I just can't imagine critics liking a movie where they're throwing around shit like the sod and mother boxes and, mm-hmm. like, a Green Lantern shows up and quickly departs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Martian Manhunter's here. Like, yeah, Mar- Martian Manhunter was not in the theatrical cut. The Green Lantern was, but instead of Darkseid killing him, it was Steppenwolf. Okay. So, like, all the Darkseid, like, action in the beginning was replaced with the... Uh, the, the redesigned Steppenwolf okay. for the theatrical cut. And oh, that version of Steppenwolf, I'm sure you, you've seen the memes, like you said, is like the, the new one's not like much better looking, but there's yeah. like weight and like intention there. And the other one just looks like an action figure. I like Steppenwolf's <laughs> you know? tiny face. I'll say that. I did not particularly mm. care for his armor. <laughs> oh yeah. The, the knives upon of... knives. Yeah. It, it just, it didn't look, it wasn't that pleasing to look at. More polygons. And yeah, and I'll say I ran into that problem a little bit with how Cyborg looked, but like he tend he tended to frame Cyborg in a way where like it worked, you know. Mm-hmm. Like occasionally there'd be a shot where I'd be like, "Oh, that's a weird looking shot," and like that kind of works with Cyborg's kind of dealing with the fact that he looks like a monster, you know. Mm-hmm. That's like kind of what he's coming to terms with, but like Steppenwolf just kind of looked boring. I will say I took yeah, I, 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 I made this joke on Twitter. I took my Nintendo Entertainment System apart, and he, Steppenwolf looked like pieces of the Nintendo Entertainment System. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what what else they could have done. Like they 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 need like a better armor design or something like that. But yeah. I I did like the way he like moved, and I like I said he he had weight this time. Like I he actually felt like a threat when he was fighting people this yeah. time, which is like oh, yeah, nice. The fights the fights were fun. Mm-hmm. I like that Wonder Woman cut his head off. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, in also, the theatrical cut. This is R-rated, right? This is R-rated, yeah. Why? Uh, there's a lot of blood. A lot of blood. I didn't notice that much blood. Like uh, there was... I guess, you know what? What covers it is that this is a dark-looking movie, like, just visually. Yeah. It's not very bright. There's a lot of, like, grays and blues, and, like, even the sunlight is, like, kind of desaturated gold. Yeah. Um, and I, this is another criticism. I, I don't think it's a very good looking movie apart from the framing. Yeah. I, I, the theatrical cut is not better looking, but there are moments when it's like, cause I think they're trying to do something with like the darkness. There's like so much darkness surrounding everything. And then the heroes are always like kind of the light that is being provided, you know, like mm-hmm. in this dark world. And so there are shots, there's a really good shot of, like, them all gathered around when they're planning, and they're in a circle, and it's just, like, 
was, I don't know, it's just like the framing was really good with them in the center and like this darkness kind of surrounding them. And there were moments like that. I think the problem it starts to run into is that it became very difficult for me anyway. I'm sure other people were probably fine with it. But for me, it became very difficult to tell what was Atlantean, what was Amazonian, <laughs> what was uh, the New Gods, what was Gotham, <laughs> and what was Metropolis. <laughs> mm-hmm. It all kind of looked the same. And every time we like we did like a radical shift to a new character in a new location, there has to be like three establishing shots to let you know it's a new location because it might as well be the same location. Yeah, he had this problem with BVS too where it's like, oh, you're going over to, to Gotham instead of Metropolis, yeah. and then you get there and it just looks like Metropolis at night. <laughs> yeah, at least it looked dirty. Like, I will say Gotham, at least you were like, all right, that's Gotham. But, like, <laughs> other than that... Gotham, I think, looks better here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of, like, tattered, like fabrics and like clotheslines and stuff yeah. like that you know there's a it's but it, like when you're cutting from like what's supposed to be like future technology to like a, a, a diner and they look kind of the same <laughs> it became a little like oh, all right like it took me like every time that happened like it took me a moment to readjust mm-hmm. um, uh the cinematographer for this for both versions is someone named fabian wagner and they worked on a Sherlock and Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's that great at lighting. <laughs> um, like Larry Fong, I know is is a little bit of a divisive cinematographer, but like his work with Snyder, I generally find to be like at least better lit. You know, because like BVS is like a dark movie, but there's like a color design to that. Here, I I didn't find it as well. Yeah. I don't know. I gotta say. I don't know how far we're into this, however long this is going to go. I'm shocked how much we're agreeing. Yeah, honestly, me too. <laughs> I did um, not, Again, of the things I did not expect, <laughs> I did not expect yeah. this to be kind of agreeing. Uh, well, I don't know if we'll agree with this then. Um, the, the Themyscira action sequence when, when uh, Steppenwolf and the, the Parademons start coming mm-hmm. in, uh, that is like insanely long. Yeah. And that was that was the first moment in the film where I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, did we I, did we make a mistake? I, remember when I texted you, and then you uh-huh. were like, "Are you going to text me throughout the whole movie?" And I was like, "No, no, no! I just need to text you like this." That was it was during that sequence. Yeah, <laughs> I was um, like, oh, let's pick let's pick it up a little. Like, yeah, I, I was into it when it started, and then it's cool to see like all the Amazonians well, like the try to tackle cool. him down. <laughs> The cool thing is just the idea that the immortal Amazons have this room where warriors just stand around the mother box, <laughs> just waiting for it to do something. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that felt like... Zack Snyder said his whole thing is, like, he wants to bring, like, the myth of superheroes to, like, the modern world. That felt mm-hmm. very, like, mythic. Like, watching Excalibur before yeah. this recording... That felt very Excalibur to me. Yeah. Like these old traditions that literally cause these people to like give their lives to a cause. Mm-hmm. You know? Like that felt like, oh, Here's I something. see everything now. Here's something I have to say. We're, we're complaining about the length a little bit. Um, and then you were talking about you don't know how you feel about Excalibur totally. Like you're, you're kind of like have mixed feelings on it or whatever you'd mm-hmm. like to say. Here's, here's a question. I, one thing about Excalibur I feel like is that it's two hours and 20 minutes, and I always feel like that movie goes on, like, 20 minutes too long or something, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Like, if they trimmed it up a little bit, I think it would be better. So it's a little weird that Zack Snyder's whole thing with these DC movies is seems to just be stretching Excalibur. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what would be, if he had done the whole thing, like, 12 hours long. <laughs> I have a lot more to say about Excalibur, but I can actually hold off on most of it for now. Okay, um, okay. I just think that's But yeah, that, that, uh... That Thanoscara sequence, I was I was not a fan. Also, um, I was definitely I was struggling to tell. That was like the one action scene where I was struggling to tell what was going on at times. Um, and like I, I, I hope this isn't like a, a lame sauce complaint, but like the VFX on this are generally like I think pretty good. Not like realistic, but they're not trying to be. It reminds me a lot of Aquaman, yeah. you know, where it's like yeah, it's like a cartoon movie. <laughs> um, but here, I thought it. it didn't really look great for a while. Like when the Amazons are chasing them, like the horses and stuff like that, I was like, oof. I know they, they didn't finish this in the original production mm-hmm. and they had to like kind of finish it during COVID. But like, I, I didn't think it, it was uh, very good. I think it looked a little too rubbery, you know? Okay. That, that didn't totally bother me. But again, I just, it was, I think it was like a lot of elements just not clicking together for me for that scene. Um. Yeah. And it's weird, and it's like, and then we have. It, I I felt similarly, although I think this one does a little better too. When we get the flashback scene to thousands of years ago when Darkseid's invading Earth, and then we get like mm-hmm. the legions of Earth coming together to fight, and I I really had a moment where I was like, I cannot tell who's supposed to be who <laughs> in this. Yeah, scene. Like, that was a real it's... like. The only one I could tell was Green Lantern, and he died. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, that was very messy. But it also felt like huge, so it's almost like the messiness worked for me there. Yeah, and like, like I felt bad because I was like, I don't really like any of the Amazon stuff in this. And then that happened. I was like, oh no, this rules. Even though I can't really tell who's who, like I like yeah. them in that. And uh, the arrow scene I thought was really cool. When the, the lighting arrow, and then yeah, they, they we mentioned the, the Wonder Woman in the cave scene. Mm. Um, I, I like that Wonder also... Woman again. To bring it back to my stupid suggestion that they should have somehow just had one of them get distracted by the terrorist bank robbery that was going on, <laughs> whatever the fuck that scene was, I think that would have worked in my version because one woman's kind of the one in this that's like, the like she focuses on the little details, you know, like that seems to be her thing as part of the team. Mm-hmm. It's like look, yeah. like like she focuses on the thing. She's it's a little uh. It's a little condescending with the one woman on the team being the mother figure a little bit. Like, a oh, little bit. Yeah. A little bit. But one woman does kind of have that vibe to her. It's just a, a shame she's the only woman on the team. Yeah, but, it would definitely play better if, if there was, like, hot girl fair, on the team or something. She also, she also is the one that cuts Steppenwolf's head off, so I guess Yes, and that happen. was awesome. <laughs> so. Uh, oh, I really like the Flash's opening sequence. And I, oh, yeah. I'm not really an Ezra Miller fan, but here's my yeah, problem was... with it. Uh, there's a great moment with everything leading up to to uh, uh, Barry and this version of Iris West, who has no speaking role, but is played by <laughs> is played by Kiersey Clemens, who is a, a very talented actress. Um, and then there's that car crash, and and the Flash is going to rescue her. Yeah, everything about cart. that is is so like good and then there's this weird moment where he kind of like caresses her face and then there's a bunch of hot dogs flying in between them 
And I'm just like, why is that there? And there's a lot of little moments like that in the film that kind of start taking me out of it. Yeah. You know, like when the when the truck driver crashes, it's because he dropped a hamburger. Like, whatever. That's fine. And then the little sesame seeds of the burger get their big close-up in the IMAX <laughs> camera. And I'm like, why is that here? Yeah. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Um, how did you feel about... Uh, like the needle drops and shit, like the music in this. Uh, better than Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's not exactly. Um, a I, high I thought bar. they were okay. All right. Um, I I oh, didn't hate something. them. You're so... <laughs> sorry. Hold on. It's gonna take mm-hmm. seconds. Uh, <laughs> uh, so if I was gonna give you a list of Zack Snyder films, right? Give you a list of all mm-hmm. his movies, and I was going to ask you to guess which Zack Snyder film has the same music needle drop that was also played in the movie The Mist after he kills his whole family, <laughs> kills everyone in the Jeep. Which Zack Snyder film would have that music cue? My heart says Dawn of the Dead, but I feel like it's Justice League. Nope. It is. Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. Wait, really? Yes. I gotta look up the song real quick. Uh, it is... It's There's a chanting that happens when, like, the forest is on fire in uh, Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. And I'm like, that sounds very familiar. <laughs> I looked it up and I'm like, oh shit, that's from the end of the myth. Spoilers for the mist, by the way. Oh yeah, but, yeah. By the way, everyone dies except the father yeah. with it, and that's the, and the sound that is played over him screaming was in a children's <laughs> film directed by Zack Snyder. Oh so, wow! Yeah, this guy makes some interesting choices. Yeah i I don't really get his needle drops, honestly. Um, um well, sometimes it's weird where it's like. I think everyone, even people who hate Watchmen, are in agreement that, like, the Bob Dylan opening credits are, like, kind of brilliant. <laughs> like, Oh, for Watchmen? Yeah. For Watchmen. Yeah. Like, everyone's kind of in agreement that's, like, that's fucking brilliant shit right there. Mm-hmm. And then some people have, I'll say, mixed feelings <laughs> about the use of Hallelujah. Um but he all—he he seems like a director who really likes filming to music. I think. I think that's just it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything deeper really going on there. Yeah, it's kind of like it's it's, right. uh, it's it's a little like Edgar Wright likes doing it to music. So Edgar Wright maybe constructs it a little stronger. But you know, like when you're uh, which you, it... like you've—I've listened to music and sometimes I've thought like, man, this would sound really great over, like, something like this happening, you know? Like, you kind of, mm-hmm. like, imagine something in your head. And I think Zack Snyder, that's how he thinks about everything. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, like, really funny because all of his DC films are obviously produced by Christopher Nolan. And, you know, that is, like, a... That's definitely a credit-only kind of situation outside of Man of Steel. But Nolan has specifically said he never cuts to music. He adds in the music later. And, you know, all of his stuff is, like, uh, orchestral scores, not, like, really needle drop stuff. Yeah. Because he's he, his whole point is that, like, 
well, you want the scene to like have a rhythm and a life of its own outside of the music. And like, yeah. I don't know if I'm always going to agree with that, but I definitely get it. And then Zack Snyder is the opposite of that. Yeah. <laughs> you remember, uh, this was a few years ago, Tarantino re- like sent a list into like some fan website about what his favorite films of the year were, and he also included his least favorite films. No. And one, one of them was Sucker Punch. It was whatever oh, your Sucker God. Punch came out. He listed that as like one of his least favorite films of the year. And then that like quickly got erased from the internet. Like clearly like that they like the fans were not supposed to post the worst of the year list, but they did anyway or something. Whoops. There was some miscommunication. <laughs> but then like I remember like shortly after that he gave some interview where he was talking about the because you know, he, he uses music in a lot of his films too. And he's like and he, he's very open about like when I'm writing a movie I'm listening to music and thinking about like what music I'm going to drop in, you know, that's mm-hmm. like Tarantino's whole thing. And he says, but what I can't do is reuse, like if I'm going to use music that's either already been used in a movie or something like that, it's like, I have to use it like in contrast to how it's been used. And he's like, I would never you use uh, ride of the Valkyries again. Cause after apocalypse now, there's no reason to do that. And he was like very pointed about like ride of the Valkyries. He was like, that's, like, don't ever use that again. And I was thinking, like, oh, Watchmen uses that. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, I think I thought maybe he was talking shit about Snyder for a minute. Mm, uh, maybe. I mean, yeah. hey, Spike Lee just did it for Defy Bloods. Yeah. <laughs> but that movie is, like, the best of 2020. So Yeah. Would be cool if it got nominated for something. I am so mad. I, I could do a whole, <laughs> like, 24-hour long podcast just dismantling how much fucking bullshit that is. But I will say, I, I know people like I was following some people cause some people I followed were uh, live tweeting their watch of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, a lot of them seem to get a real kick out of Snyder's use of music in a, like, I always, I, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I always use the Ramones as a comparison <laughs> where it's like, the first two songs of the Ramones you enjoy, and then the third one you're like, wait, this is the same song again? <laughs> and then you're like, these idiots are just playing the same song over and over again. But then after they do it a sixth time, you're like, of course they're just going to play the same song again. <laughs> like, you co- you totally get on board. And Zack Snyder never reaches that Ramones level with me. Like, I, But I, I, I think he does for other people, so good for them. <laughs> Yeah, good, good, good for them. Um, there's, I don't want to go on longer than the actual movie, and so far, so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a couple more things I just want to talk about. Um, I mentioned that Batman's arc in this is kind of like now he's ready to like he keeps wanting to like give his life to humanity, and I think <laughs> there's an intentional arc in this that's maybe a little too underplayed, um, but where he has to learn to like live on his own terms again, you know. Yeah. Because by the end, he's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself. I'll distract him. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, just don't worry about it. <laughs> he keeps like it. doing a lot of that. I was like, one um, thing that was really refreshing about this is this is the one Zack Snyder film where someone doesn't like, the, the murder isn't pivotal or something, you know? like. Well, Wonder Woman kills all the, the weird terrorists in the beginning. I know, but like, no, what I'm saying is that in Man of Steel, it the whole movie comes down to Superman breaking Zod's neck, right? Like, that's where you get there and you're like, that's what this movie's about. Like, <laughs> And then BVS is very much about Superman dying at the end of it, right? He makes mm-hmm. the sacrifice. And so it was nice to see a film where not just, you know, 
not just Batman, but multiple characters are like, I am going to go the distance. I'm going to sacrifice myself in this moment, or I am willing to push myself further than I probably should. And then they all kind of have the same realization that, like, no, it, it shouldn't be about our deaths. It should be about our lives, you know? Yeah. Which I, was the last thing I was expecting from a <laughs> Zack Snyder film. Because even that fucking Owls movie did that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was really surprised by, like, uh, the, the openness and, like, the humanity at yeah. the heart of this movie. And, like, you know, I, I've gone to bat for BVS saying, like, no, 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 it's a very dark, nihilistic, cynical movie but it ends on a point about how important like hope is in a world that makes it seem yeah. like like a forgotten thing. And this is this entire movie is just about like all all lives matter. No, um, but like <laughs> you know what? No, it kind of is. <laughs> fucking fucking even, the Flash becomes a cop at the end of this movie. Oh yeah, that's not great. But <laughs> that was like the one like big. That was like a big bummer at the end. Like yeah, I, I will say because I, I was mentioning stuff I didn't like about. The Flash and, like, Ezra Miller and, like, how every... Like, I would have liked if they had restrained his Flash vision until the big finale, at least, you know? Mm-hmm. At least, like, kind of dialed it back a little because every scene of this movie is shot at, like, a 10, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, please, like, just... But then there's quiet moments that are still shot, like, at a 10, but, like, with reservations, you know? Like, all yeah. the Lewis Lane stuff, I wish there was more of, but I also liked most of it. Um, yeah. I love the scene with her and, and Martha Kent, who has lost her house because Batman is busy uh, not helping out people anymore. <laughs> He's just trying to save the world, which I, I think is an intentional misstep in the writing. Like, I, mm. I think that's a, that that's there for a reason that yeah. he's losing touch with the world, even though he's trying to save it. Mm. And so he has to relearn that. But I like that scene with Lois and Martha until you realize it's Martian Manhunter yeah, it's who's Martian been Manhunter. there the whole time. Cause, cause uh, Lois I love Lane Martian is Manhunter, the key. but isn't Lois Lane the key? Is that what he Lois says? Lane is the key. Yeah, she's she's because she's, she's a funnier object. character than we've ever had. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, like, I think Lois Lane as a character is like really overdue for like a reexamination, mm-hmm. like a really good one, and. That doesn't happen in any of these movies. Yeah, um, I, she, I revisiting all of these. I like this version of the character enough. It, it works for me because of Amy Adams, not because yeah, of like the writing. But it's it's just there's not enough there. And I I honestly, to me, I just want a genuine examination of what would happen if you found out <laughs> that that weirdo guy that works with you. <laughs> Who's, like, a big-hearted idiot, but he's fine, but, like, you don't see him in any romantic way, is secretly the guy you've been crushing on this whole time. <laughs> like, I honestly, my, my take at this point if for a Superman movie would be just to tell it from Lois Lane's perspective, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to know her story more than fucking Oh, my Superman. God, that's how you make Man of Steel work. <laughs> yeah, honestly, oh it would have worked. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, suddenly she's piecing together a guy's story. That's why we're hearing it out of order. Like, it suddenly all works, you know? Yeah. Oh, but... wow. <laughs> huh. Bit having a bunch of realizations lately. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, hey, what are you going to do? Except yeah. not make Man of Steel. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. You don't need to make that. Um, I don't, we could be here for as long as the actual movie, but I'm gonna try my best not to do that. 
There's well, who uh, haven't we talked about? Um, well, we talked about Cyborg a little bit, but, but I can feel. Uh, I feel like I could talk about him like a lot longer. Yeah. Uh, let's see who else. Aquaman. Um, we we didn't say we haven't said a thing about Aquaman. <laughs> uh, I I like him in this. He gets the most mythic approach out of the mm-hmm. characters. I think, like the, his yeah. his opening scene uh, when he goes back into the ocean is like literally ends with like a Lord of the Rings esque song <laughs> about him. I guess I'm not really sure how we're supposed to like perceive how the, the locals perceive him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know if they're scared or they're just worshiping him. Like they see him as a God, if that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> well, sailors throughout history have been like, you know, they're, they're very superstitious people in mm-hmm. history. You know, like they're always saying they see mermaids and shit. Like how many of our great like myths are like stuff that's deep in the ocean, you know? Yeah. And it's cause sailing was a huge part of human life. So it's like, it, it makes sense that he kind of remains this, like almost purely mythic figure, but he's also like a hobo, and yeah. he's like just bumming a around drunk hobo. Him. Yeah, and he's like, "Fuck you, Bruce Wayne. I'm not doing shit for you, Bruce Wayne." Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, you feel like there was a lot of tension maybe between this. Remember when like it felt like there was like twenty times before Aquaman came out that it seemed like Aquaman wasn't going to get made. Like, yeah. You can tell that they were probably getting hung up with whatever the fuck this movie was trying to do, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, when they were still trying to do the expanding universe stuff. Um, and it's very fun watching this just ignoring all that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will say, um, I, I still prefer Aquaman by, like, a lot. But I, I just love that movie, like, mm. wholeheartedly. <laughs> Even though it does also have its own set of issues. Like, like to me, that's, like, the ideal... DC movie, I guess, mm. for right now. Just, like, pure, like, maximalist filmmaking with yeah. lots of colors and noise. And I-, I don't know what you do for a sequel, but I also don't care. So Yeah. just bring, I just need Black Man to fucking shit up. Because Black Man Hell yeah. fucking ruled in Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No uh, no Black Manta here, but uh, no. some nice Willem Dafoe action. Yeah, we got, we got Willem Dafoe here. Uh, he should have just been his lighthouse character this time. <laughs> <laughs> Neptune strike ye dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Amber Heard has a British accent in this, much like Princess <laughs> Leia in the original <laughs> Star Wars. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, hey. Yeah, you can tell they weren't, they just didn't really know how this was all going to shape up, you know? Yeah. Um, but whatever, like, that doesn't matter. Like, No, no, I, I think that's kind of fun when you see the... Like, the strings attached to some of these things, you know? It makes them feel more human, in a way. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, people made this. It's not just noise and dollars on a, on a screen somewhere. Mm-hmm. J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. Oh, yeah. Um, He's in it for actually gets less to do, I think, than the theatrical. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, I, I think so. I don't really remember the theatrical that much. I just remember being like, that's not a movie that's finished. Why? Like, all right, both versions. Why the fuck did they make him bulk up like that? What the fuck is wrong with all you people? <laughs> I think that's just a Zack Snyder thing. I guess. Where he's, where he's, he's like, a fucking I want, trench coat and I want like everyone to be in a shape. And he's got glasses on, like... It just fucking... It, you didn't need it. Like... Yeah, I don't know. 
What a weird choice. They show him a drawing of a parademon. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, the drawing is different from the theatrical. In the theatrical cut, it looks more like a parademon. Here, it's intentionally like it looks, looks like, like Batman. The Mothman prophecies is what it looks like. No, but here's here's what's really fucking weird. So in the theatrical, because they redid it to make it look more like the parademon design. But in there, there's a subplot about Commissioner Gordon having to convince people that it's not Batman, but it looks less like Batman. So why did they do that? <laughs> I I don't understand anything. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with everyone? Also, is this supposed to be a world where Batman like was a hero for a long time, and then retired, and then he came back? I don't think he ever retired. I think he just started killing people. <laughs> No, but, like, there's a very pointed part in BVS where they show the Robin suit that has the Joker shit on it. And it's that's the it's that's directly calling out the Dark Knight Returns, which, like, the whole plot of that is that after Jason Todd died, Batman decided to retire. No, it, it is. It's calling that, like, to mind, but I don't think it's actually, like, enforcing the idea that Batman ever gave up in this world. Which might be part of his problem because he just became a murderous psychopath. All of BVS is him like training to come back as Batman. I don't know. I I I don't. I never saw it that way. I know he was like still fucking shit up because the opening of of his scene is like him branding like a human trafficker. Yeah, you know? but that's but the but it's implied that like it's him coming back because like fucking Alfred's like. This might be a bad idea. You know how fucking Alfred is. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I think like... he's saying it's a bad idea because he's trying to kill, like, an alien. I guess. I just always took it as, like, oh, all right, this is older Batman and a, a new Superman. Like, that's how I took it. <laughs> no, it, it definitely is older Batman. I just don't know if he ever gave up in this world. So people are still, what the fuck? I don't know. I don't know. It's definitely murky because, you know, in, in BVS, there's like, who's that? Oh, that's Bruce Wayne. What's this? Oh, that's the Batman. And then here it's like flashes immediately like, oh, you're Batman. And it's like, so do they know? Do they not know? That's like a genuine issue. And yeah. I think it's okay. I don't think that's a nitpick. I think that's something that kind of makes the water a little muddy thematically. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a little strange. Hey, do you think there's any footage in here that Joss Whedon shot? No. Uh, I like no, no no like Snyder said no and I was like well you never really know right um, but I I don't think any of that made it over here mm-hmm. and look not to defend someone we now realize is a horrible monster man because that's not what I'm gonna do but I I do think like it like what ended up causing those problems was that the producers were like well we need it to be shorter so we can fill more screens right yeah. so let's just condense it. And so I think whoever took that job was going to get, like, screwed. The problem is that that person screwed themselves because they're a horrible monster man, you know? Like, you can't really condense this without, like, the guy who spearheaded it because it's so specific. I got to say, though, I think think sometimes we forget that, like, this movie might have been kind of fucked before it was, like, if Zack Snyder had been able to bring it into landing. Because remember, like, after BBS, like, I'm talking, like, Within a month of BBS's release, there was like news stories about Warner Brothers inviting critics to the set to like give advice. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And there was yeah, very I much do. Like, like, oh, there's gonna be more jokes. And like, even someone who like like 
people who didn't like that movie were like, that's not what we're asking for. <laughs> like, Yeah, I remember because I, I hated BVS when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember for audiences everywhere when that was still up, I reported on that. And I was like, yeah, I see what they're trying to do, but this is weird. Like, yeah. that's not like... I feel that, like that's that, actually help. The Flash is so, like, they, they, they put a lot of the joke energy into The Flash in this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Not saying that other people don't get jokes. I'm just saying that The Flash gets most of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know what? He, he worked better for me here than theatrical, where he's very Whedon-y. But I was surprised to hear how much of his, like, humor was like, oh, that was that was intentional? Yeah. All right. I didn't hate it. I was just surprised, you know? Very and uh, Ezra Miller, I just, they don't really work for me as as a as an actor unfortunately. So it's it's just it's a little hard to not see Kevin when you see Ezra <laughs> Kevin? You know so Oh, oh no, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> so it's weird that he's like the jokey guy, but he works more than I thought he would. I'll just say that. Like Wait, um, is, is Ezra Miller? I, I I thought they went by they. Oh, they. Apologies. Yeah. You, you should put this shit on the Wikipedia, because I'm confused. Yes. Right. They. They. Apologies. Right. They worked more for me this time. Um, yeah. But good for good for them. Yeah. Um, um, I, I liked uh, the Flash's finale moment a lot. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Um, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot in this movie. <laughs> there is a lot, and look, we're we're just not gonna be able to talk about. And again, all of like it, I just like... said to me, like the the change I would have made is I just wish that we had like picked a character and stuck with them for like thirty to forty five minutes. You know, like I wish it had been like more segmented, segmented like that. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I think, think that... you do get a little of that, but I. I think fifteen minutes or something like that per character yeah. at the beginning. Well, yeah, but it's like, like it's the f- we it's it's where we ke- they keep getting like broken up. Where it's like you can tell that this scene with Cyborg was supposed to lead into another scene with Cyborg, and instead we go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very jarring, um, and just it, it it kills the flow of the movie for me. Now again, that's I think that's entirely subjective because a lot of people have said that the pacing was not an issue for them. And I'm not going to call those people liars on the podcast. But... They're full of shit. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but... Yeah, I, I did have a l- little problem with the pacing. Like, in the first half specifically, I, I saw a lot of people saying they preferred the first half, and I, I think that's kind of nuts. But, yeah, would, you know, I again, to each their own. disagree. Um, I think the, the latter half is uh, the better stuff. Yeah. Um, um, in terms of pacing. But that's because, like, finally all the plot points have converged, so we aren't jumping around constantly. Yeah. Uh, and, He's uh, just also... not good at that. That's the fatal flaw of all of these movies for me. It's just that sort of jumping around. Zack Snyder's not very good at it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> um, Like, even Cyborg, who is fundamentally, like, the heart of the film, mm-hmm. doesn't show up to, like, almost an hour and a half in it. Yeah. That's that is a little odd, you know. It's a little odd. Uh, but again, like I loved him in this, so like it ends up working for me by the end. I just I like would have liked it a little <laughs> I sooner. Say, I have to say, it's pretty funny that like it was great that he's giving money to that woman through the the bank thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny that like her ATM is like you won the sweepstakes. Yeah, <laughs> like, which you know, you know, how ATMs do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I mean, he he clearly like maneuvered that. So whatever. I will say one thing that like I really liked. I liked it like you would go into Cyborg's like mind palace. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And like, at, like, see how he perceived things with like all the technology he had and all that shit. And I was a little worried that whenever he was in his mind palace, he's like back to his normal self, you know? Mm-hmm. Like he's pre-cyborg, cyborg, and imagine what that was like. And then, but then, thankfully, at the end of the movie, he rejects that version of himself, and he's like, "I'm not broken." Shit, and that was cool. Yeah, that was. That might be my favorite moment in the movie. Yeah, like that felt like powerful. It's really good. You know? Yeah, the emotions are all over the place there and it's just like I, there were moments in this where I thought like it would have killed to watch like with a crowd. You know, like I hope it gets a theatrical I don't want to be in a release. room with these people. I, you know what? <laughs> I would. I'm going to go out there with with the Snyder heads. I'm going to get yeah. Snyder pilled. Diego? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just going to say this once. Okay. Never say Snyder Pilled again in my presence. Okay. I, I, I will hit you. <laughs> I will assault you. <laughs> I'm saying this on a recording so you can use this in court when it does happen. Because that's how determined I am. All right, all right, all right. I just destroy you. <laughs> well, here to, to... I despise that phrase. <laughs> I suppose that literally it, they've taken red pilled and made it Snyder pilled. Oh yeah, no. If you hear red pilled, just like avoid at all costs. Yeah, but you're blocking report. The, you're playing on it. You're playing on it. Not in my, not in front of me. Never. <laughs> well, look to go back to Cyborg. Um, I also want to shout out. His father, Silas Stone, played by Joe Morton from Terminator yeah. 2. Yeah. And many other things, but I love Terminator 2, like we all do. He's uh, the brother from another planet, which I just saw for the first time recently. Guess what? Great movie. Oh, okay, really? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like... Uh, I almost want to say it's like a parody of E.T. in a weird way. Oh, all it's right. very much like not that. It's like, oh, what if an alien landed on this planet? didn't understand our culture and was also a black man. Oh, okay. And it, it's, uh, has some things to say about Reagan's America. <laughs> hmm. And it's Would it go just, well with they live? Um, I don't know, but it's an interesting film. It's on the criterion channel currently. So, Oh, fucking great. Okay. Part of their, uh, Afro futurism series. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, also, I want to shout out, uh, because Silas Stone in this is a scientist at Star Labs, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Choi, who will eventually become the Atom, is in yeah. this, played by Zeng Kai, and Zack Snyder cast him in this, and that and made that character appear in this, because he was trying to set up uh, someone to take over as like a, like a, for a Chinese filmmaker group to do the Atom, and I thought that was interesting, and obviously that, that did not happen. Wait, what'd you say? I said that guy must be pissed. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah. So that that film obviously is not happening, and yeah. that character and that actor are not in the theatrical cut. Well, so, yeah. 
Oh, also, a cyborg's dad survives in the theatrical cut. He doesn't. He doesn't do the sacrifice to heat up the mother box. Oh, I guess there. Is, I guess he. He's the noble sacrifice in the movie. So I guess Zack Snyder did do one. Yeah, and I, I gotta say, I'm not crazy about that one. Yeah. Um, also, because it's just kind of another, like, Man of Steel moment where it's like, well, it's, you, you could have done the same where it's thing. Like, it's that weird thing of, like, his problem was that he was an absent father, you know? Because he's, he's mm-hmm. so focused on his work, so he's going to blow himself up and now be totally absent. And that's going to help <laughs> his son. Yeah. That's a little... Yeah, I wasn't, wasn't crazy about that decision. I think it's, like, emotional, but yeah. um, it... Yeah, I could have done without... That 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 could use a quick rewrite. Uh, Billy Crudup is in this. <laughs> yeah, we're we're just gonna hit everyone. And then I want to end on like the epilogue and the sequel talk. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Billy Crudup, I like him a lot in this. Doesn't have a lot to do, obviously, because he plays Barry Allen's father, who is wrongfully imprisoned. Mm-hmm. But that that stuff is very touching, and uh, it did hey, remind hey, me guys, of the first season of The Flash. A cop. Look at my boy, he's a cop now. Hey. Yeah, that that is a little silly. It's like, dude, <laughs> you're in prison. Yeah. You're wrongfully convicted. <laughs> Which, you know I what, would... maybe makes sense then, that he would act that way, because no, he's just like wouldn't. a... <laughs> it would not. I don't know, I'm trying to make it make sense. It would have been great, he's like, Dad, I did what you said, I got my life together, I became a cop, and then he's like, I will never speak to you again. <laughs> okay yeah look it, it reminded me of the first season of the flash which is like an incredible season of television and uh that's that's that is a much better flash story i'm sorry although the the all the visual shit in this is fantastic uh, but let, let's talk about the epilogue because again this is supposed to be <laughs> a five-part trilogy according to Zack snyder I forgot he said that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Weird, but all right. Good, good, good for you. It's like the hitchhiker. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so the plan for for this series was that after you know the big climax here, this would have led into a second Justice League film, uh, which would have established the. Uh, not the Masters of Evil. Who are the Justice League guys? The Legion of Doom. <laughs> oh, the Legion of Doom. All right. Yeah. So, like, that's why at the end you get the Lex Luthor bit, meeting up with Deathstroke, and it would have had, like... Uh... Ah, Deathstroke, my least favorite comic book character ever. Really? <laughs> I, I kind of despise Deathstroke. More like what Deathstroke's become, but... Okay. It's I like anytime, anytime I am reading a comic and Deathstroke shows up, I know it's going to be a bad comic. It's just like, it's he almost got a movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would have had Lex Luthor, um, Deathstroke, uh, Doctor Poison from the first Wonder Woman movie would have still been alive through like scientific experimentation Magic shit. Poison. Yeah, and she would have been in it. Um, the Flashes would have been, I think, Captain Cold, and I forget there might have been one or two more. Oh, the Riddler would have been uh, Batman's other antagonist. He gets two cool. because everyone loves Batman. <laughs> yeah. And th- that film would have ended on a cliffhanger. Hey! Uh-huh. Motherfucker, where the fuck is Brainiac? 
Yeah, I know. God damn, the number of Superman movies and fucking no Brainiac. Like, I'm just saying, like that. That is a little nuts. Yeah, Yeah. he's he's the obvious one to do. It's it's just all right. We got Doomsday before Brainiac. Yeah, that's nuts. I don't get that. Christopher Walken was supposed to play Brainiac. Oh yeah, in uh, the death. Of Superman, right? Yeah, the re- Superman. Or Superman Lives, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, whatever the fuck that movie was. Yeah, that insane work of art that we never saw. Release the Kevin Smith cut. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that second film would have ended on a cliffhanger where the Legion of Doom uh, would have been revealed to be working with Darkseid so he can begin his invasion. Like, half the Justice League gets killed. Like, we see in the end of this film with a... Like that peek into the dark future, right? Mm-hmm. And then the third film is like the apocalyptic wasteland and them trying to undo everything. And I, I just, it's insane <laughs> that this yeah. is like, this was all greenlit at a point, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, w- what happened <laughs> that made them okay with like all of that? They're like, yeah. yeah, they heard that and decided that was a good idea. And I'm not even saying it's a bad idea, but the fact that they were enthusiastic enough to, like, sign a trilogy is, well, wow. It's weird where normally you hear those things and it's like, well, that was decided by one studio head, but then another studio head came in and hated it and wanted to change it, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's normally what happens. But this time it was, like, the same people the whole time. Like, <laughs> it's the only, the change only happened, like, very recently, and that's partly why the Snyder Cut exists. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But like it's that's it's just strange that those executives. Well, these are the executives that stood up and gave a standing ovation at the screening of BVS. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's again, it's like we were one hundred percent behind Zack Snyder's vision. Um, can you trim the movie down a little bit? Like, it's just weird. It's like you okayed this movie. Like, yeah. That's why all these people are full of shit. The executives they... are dumb. Yeah. Um. Did he, is the Joker footage new? The Joker footage is what's new. So at the end of the film, you know, the epilogue sequence, that is new. I don't know if all of it's new, but the Joker Batman stuff is, is specifically new, and they shot it in, like, an afternoon. Yeah. Uh, the, the CG background for the Joker looks really bad in that. And um, Jared yeah. Leto still sucks. <laughs> He's not good I, I in this. I kind of liked like his weird like it's almost the Joker being a parody of the Joker. <laughs> Maybe I don't. Like, I, I I wasn't into it. Well, it was no. weird. It 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 just brought like an energy I didn't expect. But it was all. I was just. I was honestly very annoyed with how long the fucking epilogue of this movie was. It's. Like, here, here's what I'll say: the uh, the the whole nightmare sequence stuff, even in BVS, a movie that I I would say I actually love now, <laughs> uh, to many people's chagrin, um, the way he films the nightmare stuff, it's not free flowing enough. Even if it's a vision of the future, I I would have liked it if it was less like cinematic, if you know what I mean. Like I I wanted it to be more like Terrence Malick, like you're not sure if you're seeing what's real, mm. if it's a dream, if it's a vision of the future, you know. Yeah. For some ambiguity. And I think he has the same problem here. However, <laughs> this setup for a future movie that will never happen now, I think is the most exciting sequel tease I've ever seen in my life. 
Yes. Um, it was, but I, I was loved just, it. I was so infuriated because it's like, that's not happening. Like, it's just, it's a preview for a movie I kind of wish I had seen instead of the movie I had just watched. I'm telling you, it could have been the Dark Knight of the Soul and then the whole finale could have been undoing it. Maybe, but Make I Make it five hours for that. I, 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 I think someone just needs to fucking sit Zack Snyder down and talk about structure with him or something. Like, because he's always like, like, he's so close. <laughs> and it's just like, he just barely misses, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I loved, I loved that lineup for like a Suicide Squad version of the Justice League with yeah. Mira and Deathstroke and uh, Cyborg and Future Flash and mm. the Joker dressed up like a, like ironically dressed up as a police officer with like all the badges hooked up on the front. That's what I'll say. I love the look of this Joker now. I don't like Jared Leto still, but like I was into that. that. It says here that the Joker appears in a role similar to that of the ghost of Christmas yet to come in a Christmas carol, supplying motivation through terror. Where does it say that? Says this on the Wikipedia. Wow. Um. Never mind. I hate this now. <laughs> and it it links to a Vanity Fair article, but I'm not going to read that. So okay. maybe it, maybe it makes more sense in context. <laughs> no, I I really did like that a lot. Um. I was less hot on the the Martian Manhunters waking up Bruce Wayne to be like, by the way, I'm here now. If you need help. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's funny that like BVS opens up with Superman being like, I need to kill God and aliens. <laughs> And then now he's just like, what'd you wake me up for? Oh, cool. You're here now. All right. I'm going to go back to bed. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what a, what a bizarre turn of events this film was. At the very least, there's no other movie like this <laughs> with mm-hmm. this production history. So it is like yeah. a weird film moment that like kind of can't be ignored. Mm hmm. Um, I probably will not watch it again, unfortunately. Um, and if I do, I'll probably watch it in like bursts. Um, I think another thing bothering me while watching it, and this says not this is not the film's fault, but like I have a list of movies I've been trying to rewatch or like watch for the first time, and I was like, I just wish I was watching that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I had a moment where I was like, I, I looked up, and this movie is the exact same length as Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. Which is, I believe, the only complete version of Hamlet put to film. Wow. And I was like, I'd rather just... I'd, I, I kind of want to rewatch Hamlet now. Because I have nothing against long movies. I just didn't like how this one was structured in its longness. Yeah. And uh, this is the last thing before we wrap up. It the The structure of the trilogy... It's just Excalibur. Having seen Excalibur, it's just Excalibur. So instead of, like, um, Lancelot sleeping with uh, Guinevere, it would have been Batman sleeping with Lois Lane. Which is is what he really wanted to do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's a lot of, like, like, I, I could go on explaining the correlations, but everyone just watch Excalibur. And you'll see the vision of like his Justice League yeah. condensed into two and a half hours. Yeah, uh, and the, and the thing is, you'll be like, it's a little long. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so imagine if Excalibur was five times longer. Same movie, 
just longer, and you might have a vision of what Zack Snyder was going for. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's Zack Snyder's Justice League. Is there anything well, we... else you'd like to mention or plugs, Matt? Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything about the movie I want to say. Uh, we've said a lot, <laughs> to be fair. We've said a lot, and I've, it still feels like we barely scratched the surface. Yeah. And also, but also, like, it's one of those things where it's like, there's a lot to talk about here. I don't know how much of it I actually want to talk about. <laughs> um, all, oh, I, I think I will say, I was shocked that the uh, scene with uh, Lex Luthor and Deathstroke was not a Whedon edition. <laughs> Yeah, because that, that was the that, original post-credit scene. Yeah, it was. A, I knew that was the post-credit scene, and I had seen that scene, and that looks like it was shot last minute. Like, <laughs> it has a completely different vibe than the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a... It's a film, I guess. <laughs> you can I watch like Tinker Tailor Soldier... You can watch Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy twice in the time it takes to watch this once, and you need to watch Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy twice in order to figure out what the fuck's going on. <laughs> so That's a better movie. That's better than most movies, though. Yeah, so you decide what you'd rather spend your time on. <laughs> yeah, if you're not into Zack Snyder or the DC movies, uh, any of them, definitely don't watch this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you are not on board already... Um, you will not enjoy it. Although, again, I can't even really say that because there are critics kind of coming to its defense, you know, that I mm-hmm. wouldn't expect. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like it's just, I, I think, not to judge critics too harshly, but I do think that they get caught up in the zeitgeist as much as anyone, and the zeitgeist has definitely turned in favor of Zack Snyder more than against it, against mm-hmm. him, you know? And so I think the critics are kind of using this to, like, as their apologies for writing off BVS, even though I don't think they were wrong in writing off the theatrical cut of BVS. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I do think it, some I people guess... feel that they were being overly harsh in dismissing Zack Snyder. Yeah. Uh, my advice for looking up any critics that you might find interesting, uh, find the ones that aren't extremely online all the yeah. time. <laughs> That's also, my advice. Here's my advice. Actually read their reviews occasionally. Because Rotten Tomatoes, is it, it just gives a percentage of positive reviews. And what is it? BVS has like a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes or something it, like that? It might have less, honestly. It might have less. I don't. It had very low. And people were like shocked that it was so low. But if you actually read what critics were saying, most negative reviews of BVS were close but no cigar, you know? Mm-hmm. They were not eviscerating the movie there was the occasional one that was like that but the majority of critics just said i liked what it was going for but for but didn't think it worked you know Mm -hmm. and i would honestly probably agree with that assessment (laughs) (laughs) but uh people kind of turned it into critics hated the movie because they didn't understand it so what you're saying is abolish rotten tomatoes pretty much yeah yeah, I, I'm uh, actually in full agreement just, with that. You no, know, use use Rotten Tomatoes how it was intended to be used. You know? I, I think it's kind of fallen too deep into its own hole. If you know what I mean? Yeah, well, because now it's supposed to make people money because it's owned by fucking Warner Media, right? Yeah, <laughs> which is like hilarious. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things. Um, 
Yeah, that Zack Snyder's Justice League. You won't see anything else like it. Uh, big so old mess. Probably a reason. A whole for lot that. of heart. <laughs> Pro- probably. Um, but you know what? I I'm glad it exists. And even though I'm mourning the sequel that that is out there in in an alternate universe, I don't really need it. I got. I think I got enough for right now. And like we were talking earlier, like probably done with superhero stuff for a while you're like oh, fuck this forever <laughs> i yeah. i reminded me of what these movies could do if they were able to be made by human beings for all their pros and cons yeah. and i think they that like i'll go back to that in the future right now i'm, I'm still going to be done for a while if they weren't algorithmically generated by a studio i think my problem with the superhero genre right now is both how Hollywood is making these movies and where America is at currently. Yeah. Where it's like, I do not want to watch movies about superheroes right now. (laughs) My advice for that too, everyone just remember movies are more than just Hollywood. And that's not to disbarge the genuinely great blockbusters that are out there. And I do think there are many, but like there's other stuff (laughs) in literally every country on the planet. Yeah. Just go, go watch it. And That's I all. will say this: Go to if you have HBO Max because you watch Justice League. They they do this feature where they let Zack Snyder like pick his favorite movies that are on HBO Max or something. He picked Rick and Morty was on the list. Do not rewatch Rick and Morty for the fifth time, <laughs> but find a movie on that list that you haven't seen and watch it. It'll help you like the movies you like more. Yeah, yeah, that's Watch true. Excalibur. It will help you like Zack Snyder movies more. Wait, is that on HBO? I rented it. Um, No, no, it's not. Oh, okay. I was going to be I like, fucking... Threw, I just threw that out there. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, oh, Seven Samurai's on there, though, and that's yeah. one of the best films ever. Yeah, remember, he's like, Justice League is going to be exactly like Seven Samurai. I could see the attempt, but no. Sorry, Zack. Yeah, it's... uh. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a no from me, dog. But, uh, <laughs> uh, hey, you know who doesn't like Seven Samurai? <laughs> yeah, if you walk away from Seven Samurai being like that was okay, I would be shocked to hear what movies you do like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but enough is enough, I think. Now it's time to tap out. Uh, Matt, where can the people find you? I'm at Emperor OTN One at Twitter dot com and Emperor OTN on Twitch. I stream occasionally, even though like I've been having technical issues, but I, I'm, I'm working on it. But we're hey, doing, uh, it's we're doing something. Dino Crisis. It's oh, a okay. Crisis of dinosaurs. Yeah, I need to see you play that because that sounds like the greatest game ever made. Yeah, it it's very similar to Zack Snyder's Justice League, and it sounds like it's gonna be fucking crazy. And then it's just Resident Evil with dinosaurs. Aww. Well, it's fun. I like it. I enjoy right. it. I'll, I'll stay tuned to that. Links down in the description below. And of course, you can find me at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Wealth of Press on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon. Where you can get early access to other stuff we're talking about. Legend of Korra. I'm proud to say the first two books are done. So they'll be up shortly. But we got to get through the rest of March 1st because there's still Godzilla vs. Kong and Peter Jackson King Kong retrospective and, and a bunch of shit. But uh, stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. Knock, knock. Who's there? Owls. Owls who? Ha, that's right. Owls who? If I have to hear any more of his ridiculous owl jokes. <laughs> it's hilarious.